Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It is official. Aaron Rodgers is going to be a New York Jet. It still needs to be completely finalized. This coming from the Green Bay Packers and their goodbye speech to Aaron Rodgers. But this trade is as good as done, as good as good as done can be. And we're here to talk about the impact to Garrett Wilson, to Brees Hall, to Aaron Rodgers himself, to the Jets defense. Now that they have a, a quarterback and gunslinger, what happens in that division? And, and, and also... As importantly as all of this, what do we now expect of Christian Watson now that we 100% know what his quarterback situation is going to be? What do we expect from Jordan Love? We're breaking down all this and more. The early kickoff of the 7 p.m. show. We're doing it live straight into the 7 p.m. show. We're about 20 minutes early and we're doing it live. The Fantasy Football Show begins right now. FantasyFootballShow.com Studios. It's the Fantasy Football Show. Live! Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. From the FantasyFootballShow.com news desk, here is your breaking news. It's finally here. Finally, we have an official trade that is being executed. Uh, Not 100% official yet, but it's all agreed upon it's all pretty much you know a done deal as as much as a, a deal can be done without officially being executed both sides announcing it um and and essentially this thing is is underway so we've got we've got a lot to talk about there's a lot to digest a lot to break down we'll kick it off with Aaron Rodgers first of all thank you for being in here we've got 45 people in here at the jump, please hit that thumb up button on your way in the door. It helps the channel. It helps your boy bring more breaking news, live shows. There's a reason I do what I do. A, I work for you, okay? Num- number number two, B, is you guys spreading the word, spreading the love, hitting the thumbs up button, hitting the comments after the end of the videos and dropping all kinds of comments. And I try and get, to it, get back to every single comment in my YouTube videos after they post. So know that if I, if I miss one of your questions. You can ask it. Ask it in the comments. Aaron Rodgers getting traded. Trade compensation package is as follows. Jets get number 15. And the Packers get number 13 in a in a two-pick swap. Okay, that's the first part of this trade. Not a huge move, but it is a big deal. Because the, the Jets, instead of uh, drafting here, now draft here at number 15. Instead of the Packers drafting at number 15, they now move up to 13. This could potentially be for a wide receiver. We have to watch this very closely because a JSN landing in Green Bay, a Quentin Johnston landing in Green Bay, I kind of feel like a Jordan Addison too could be possible, will impact Christian Watson's value. So we have to look at that. We have to be cognizant of that. We have to be prepared for that. 
And as you hear all over the buzzwords right now, ironic, how ironic, how ironic would it be? We've talked about this for months. If the Green Bay Packers or the Baltimore Ravens at 22 address the wide receiver position if those quarterbacks, previous quarterbacks, aren't in place. And Lamar feels like he's heading and trending toward returning to Baltimore. But ever since Odell Beckham Jr. signed, that hasn't really actually occurred uh, you know, things haven't gone in that direction as much as we thought it would uh, after that celebration between Odell and Lamar on social media after Odell signed. But since then, it's gone kind of quiet. And the thinking is how ironic would it be if both Baltimore and Green Bay, after the departures of the quarterbacks, if, say, Lamar does go elsewhere, they address the, the wide receiver position like they've never addressed it before early in the draft. And if the Green Bay Packers take JSN or they take Quentin Johnston, who I'm a little less concerned about Quentin Johnston because I'm not super enamored by him like everybody else. He's a big body. He feels very much more likely to be Treadwell than he does DK Metcalf. I'm not saying he can't become the next DK Metcalf. I'm not saying Quentin Johnson's for sure a bus candidate for me. He's got to develop at the NFL level. I think he deserves that opportunity. But I don't get the sense that Quentin Johnson's ready-made for the NFL to go take it by storm. So if they take him, I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little eager to still say Christian Watson to the moon. If they draft Jordan Addison, if they draft Zay Flowers, if the Green Bay Packers take JSN specifically, we have a little bit to be concerned about in, in terms of Watson's value. And then we have a lot to be excited about for Jordan Love. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We'll take that as it comes. That is the first part of this trade package, that it is the 15 and 13 swap. You know, the, the smaller part, but it is very impactful. Uh, the number 15. Okay, so 2023, fifth round pick, number 170 in 2023 goes to the New York Jets. So they get a fifth round pick. They get that 15 overall downgrade two, two draft slots, and they get the fifth rounder. The Packers get the number 13 in that two pick upgrade, and they get the big part of it is the 2023 second round pick, number 42 overall. So if we take a look at this board right here, 42 overall, that is a very, very close, close to a first round pick. You know, it's, it's, you know, 11 picks away, uh, 10 picks away. And this is a, this is a very, very nice draft selection for the Green Bay Packers. And they could use that draft selection on a wide receiver, a Boutte, 
uh, a player of that of that caliber. Uh, maybe even a Hyatt. I think Hyatt probably goes ahead of that. But this is the type of uh, this is the type of move that we expect to see the Green Bay Packers do. Wide receiver with one of these two picks. We're hoping it's not number. 13 overall we're hoping it's this pick that they just acquired in the second round um you know uh number number uh what was it number 42 overall they also the packers in in addition to the 42 overall get the sixth round pick at number 207 and a conditional 2024 second that turns into a first rounder if aaron Rodgers plays 65 percent of the plays in 2023 that's the compensation package right there there it is there it is here is uh, here is the division that we're looking at right now in the AFC East. The Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins, the New England Patriots, and now the what was a lowly New York Jet uh, roster that was just sitting there waiting for a, a signal caller to take this team to the next level. Now they have, in my opinion, the number one or number two uh, defense in the entire National Football League because a good offense, good field position, good uh, uh, running the clock out and not tiring out your defense is gonna go is gonna do wonders for this unit on the other side of the football on the other side of Aaron Rodgers. So New York Jets are gonna have a top two defense. They're gonna have a top ten offense. They're gonna have a top ten quarterback. They're gonna have a top five wide receiver and Garrett Wilson. They're gonna have a top five running back and Brees Hall. They have a squad. They have a squad and Aaron Rodgers. Where do we rank him in fantasy? I don't know if I have him in the top seven per se, but he most certainly should be considered in a top seven capacity. He's not my number six. Trevor Lawrence is my number six. If we go to the board and we, we map this out, uh, and I've got, let's see here. Why, why is this doing this? Hold on. Let me, let me go ahead and put this on screen here. There we go. If we go to the board. And uh, we get rid of all this stuff. This was for a video I did on on trading draft picks. And it's a phenomenal video, by the way. Go check it out. Go check out all the videos around the YouTube channel. But if we go ahead and say... What was I even going to map up? Oh, um... What was I, what was I even going to do on the marker board? <laughs> At this point, your voice, Smitty's stretched thin. I'll just tell you that phone lines are also open if anybody even wants anybody wants to dial in. But uh, I forget what I was even gonna mark up on the marker board. Somebody remind me, man! I can't wait until Thursday, guys. We're live the entire day, pretty much. I go live an hour before the NFL draft on Thursday, and then I stay live all the way through the first round, and then I'm live probably an hour or so after to break it all down. Okay, so you don't have to go anywhere but here to get your first round NFL draft coverage your boy has got it on on lock what was I gonna mark up on the marker board someone remind me someone remind me uh I was right Smitty win win for all I was right Smitty what were you right about Ethan what were you right about Ethan I don't know I don't remember what you said so you'll have to remind me quarterbacks thank you Mike Thank you, Mike. Ethan says I was right, Smitty. What? That Aaron Rodgers was going to the Jets? <laughs> uh, if that's what you thought, Ethan, you you weren't alone. <laughs> Congratulations. Ethan! Ethan was right. He said Aaron Rodgers was going to the Jets. Where's my... Hold on a second. We got to get this all squared away here. We got to get this all squared away. 
There we go. Okay, I think we're all set now. Ethan called it. He said Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers would be a jet. Ethan to the moon. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Ethan, I don't know what you said. You'll have to remind me. I'm sorry if it's something else. All right, QBs. This is what I was gonna say. So let's uh let's not uh let's not act like we're gonna argue these these top five quarter or these top four quarterbacks. Okay, so whether it's Hertz, Burrow, Mahomes, and Allen, let's let's not let's not argue about these these four, these big four quarterbacks, okay? Fields is right here. I wouldn't even put a tear break because he can definitely dance with these guys. Actually, let's just make it the big five. Let's give Fields the respect he deserves. This is the big five. Then after that, it is T-Law for me. For me. I can understand anybody and their mother, their grandmother, anybody. Um, I said, love, Rodgers, Jets, Packers, everyone wins. I know Ethan, but it, it was just funny because, like, Ethan, this is not... I called it! <laughs> Ethan. Ethan. I called, I called it! I called it, Ethan says! Come on, Ethan. Uh, Ethan, you can call it in a minute. <laughs> Ethan's Ethan's calling the prediction. He's taking ownership of it. He saw it coming from a mile away. Ethan, Ethan to the moon. To the moon. <laughs> Ethan. I called it, Smitty. Okay, so T-Law is number six for me. I don't care if you don't have him six. I don't care if you have Lamar six. I don't care if you've got Watson six. It's okay to argue number six. What you can't argue is this big five. You can't argue the order of it for sure. That is a blender situation. But this is the big five. Don't come in here and tell me you don't have this as your big five. Unless you're, uh, unless you're, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jake the Snake, who thinks Watson's in this top five. He's not. We've already debated that till we're, we've, we're blue in the face. We don't need to go there. But if you've got Watson, if you've got uh, Lamar, if you've got T-Law, you got A-Rod, here, it's arguable. A-Rod is certainly in this conversation of number seven or number six. Lamar is certainly in this conversation. If you want Watson in this conversation, you can put Watson in this conversation. Absolutely. It's up to you. You can do whatever you want. Um, <laughs> Ethan. I was right, Smitty. I... I'm sorry, Ethan. I just can't. I can't let it go. It's just. <laughs> I called it. I called it. Uh, Buffalo Bills are winning this division, in my opinion. But the New York Jets have a shot. The Miami Dolphins have a shot if they go get Lamar, which I don't think they'll do after the NFL draft, which is the only point in which the Miami Dolphins can partake in said offer sheet process because you need a 2023 first rounder to even discuss with Lamar. So Miami right now in its current state of things is not the division winner in my opinion, but they're a playoff contending team. They're a team that's clinching a playoff spot. They're getting a wild card spot. The Jets are the my uh the Jets, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills. What's what's important to note here, not that we didn't think this was happening. I mean, we weren't all Ethan here. We didn't all know this was happening like Ethan did. But the important part about this is that it locks in Two of the three available wildcard spots, in my opinion, it locks it in, into AFC East teams. 
That means that there's one more spot available aside from division winners available for the taking. That is a tough pill to swallow if you're one of these other teams that's looking and vying for a spot. So if the New Orleans Saints win, let's say, the division in in the NFC South, Tampa Bay, uh, the Atlanta Falcons, Carolina, they're all fighting for that one extra spot, okay? Um, I'm sorry, talking about the AFC East, aren't we? We're talking about the AFC East, not the NFC. Cincinnati, let's go over to the AFC North. Cincinnati clinches the division. Uh, We'll get to the NFC in a second. I I was jumping ahead to the Green Bay Packers situation. Okay, let's go over to the AFC AFC North. Bengals clinch the division. Steelers are in for a wild card opportunity and a spot. There's one available spot. Pittsburgh Steelers, let's let's call them the lead dog for it right now. Go to the AFC South. We got the Jaguars winning that division. We got the Titans. They're not, they don't have a shot. The Colts, probably not. Not unless they get Lamar. Texans are a year away. It's the Jaguars. The Jaguars are running away with that division and no one in that division is going to even sniff them. Like come close to them. And no one in that division is winning a wild card spot. So right now the Pittsburgh Steelers with the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets are the three wild card clinching teams, right? Let's go to the AFC uh, West, which is the last remaining division, right? So there's not a lot of teams competing for this, but when you get to this division, that's where it gets interesting. The Chargers, the Raiders aren't doing anything. They're not going to win six, seven games. The Broncos are, play it by ear. So Chargers, Broncos, Steelers, Chargers, Broncos, Steelers, Patriots. Those are the teams fighting for those wild card spots. That's it. That's it. There aren't a lot of teams fighting, like in the NFC, which was a, I was about to go over a little early, jumping the gun. In the NFC, you got Philly winning the East, okay? That's in my opinion. You could say the the Cowboys might give them a shot, a uh, running, uh, uh, you know, a run for their money. I don't think so. The Giants, sure, Giants could give them a run for the money, but that's two teams right there. The Washington Commanders, they're not ready yet. If they get Lamar, whole different story. Lamar should go to the Washington Commanders, by the way. But Philly, Dallas, New York, this might be the same situation that I just described up in the AFC East in the NFC East. The AFC East has three teams going to the playoffs. That means one division winner, and then they also have the two uh, uh, runner-ups grabbing two of the three wildcard spots. So Philadelphia wins the division. Dallas and New York are fighting for a wildcard spot. Uh, I believe the Chicago Bears win the division in a dogfight with the Lions. But Minnesota, the Lions, the Green Bay Packers all fighting for a wildcard spot. That's a lot of teams already. You get to the South, it's the Saints, as I was starting to talk about earlier. They win the division, I think. I don't think Tampa Bay looks good this year. I don't think Carolina's... They're, they're, they're developing their young quarterback that they draft. The Falcons, if they get Lamar, they're in it. If they don't, they're doing good things. They're throwing the football to Drake London. They're making Kyle Pitts look like a bounce-back candidate, but I don't know that they're 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 cracking a wild-card spot or seed. The Niners probably win the division, but Seattle's going to give them a run for their money, especially if they draft Anthony Richardson at number 5 and they have that quarterback position on double lockdown. So the Rams, who knows what they do. Let's call them an outlier that probably won't do anything. The Cardinals, 
they're not doing anything this year with Kyler Murray out for half a season. So the Niners, the Seahawks, the Packers, Lions, Vikings, Giants, Cowboys, there are so many NFC teams fighting and vying for those wild card spots. This is crazy. This is the the this is such a tough race for an NFC wild card spot. An NFC wild card spot is going to be tough. But back to my point here, two of these teams that don't win the division, we'll call it Miami and New York, are grabbing wild card spots. The Jets are grabbing a wild card spot. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. Maybe they don't win a Super Bowl. Maybe it's all for nothing. We'll have to see. But we do know they're grabbing a wild card spot. Unless Aaron Rodgers gets hurt in week one or in the preseason or whatever. Or week four. Vikings, um, Lions, Packers, Bears. Again, think the Bears are winning this division. But the Lions certainly could. The Vikings could win it and then crap the bed in the playoffs like they do. The Vikings are paper tigers in the playoffs, but they do, you know, lay it down. They do lay it down pretty well in the in the regular season. But I would say, give me the Chicago Bears or Lions winning this division. And let's talk about the impact real quickly to Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, and then we're going to swing on over to Jordan Love, Christian Watson, and in that situation a little bit. And then we're going to open the phone lines, take your phone calls. Brees Hall to the absolute moon. Paul's going to have a season with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. Think about what Aaron Rodgers has done for the career and development early on for Aaron Aaron Jones. Think about the 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 as of late the amount of passes this guy's pulled in, the involvement he has in the offense, the fact that Nagy is or Nagy uh, Hackett Nagy same thing. The fact that Hackett's in New York makes me want to vomit right here on my show live, but. Tied to Aaron Rodgers, it's not a problem. So had Aaron Rodgers not landed in New York, let's say Lamar went to New York, there would still be a problem. Hackett would be a problem. He's a Hackett job of a coach. He's not the head coach, thank God, but he's in that offensive coordinator-ish role there in Green Bay. Uh, I'm sorry, they're in New York to try and lure, I believe, Aaron Rodgers over. They tried to do this in Denver. It failed. They didn't get him. They got Russell Wilson. Didn't work out. Hackett is a Hackett job, but when Aaron Rodgers and Hackett are together, Aaron Rodgers puts him on his shoulders, and Hackett just goes along for the ride. This guy, Aaron Rodgers, is going to take full control of everything, essentially, That's uh, that, that in terms of like making this guy turn into Aaron Jones. We're talking about Brees Hall. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is going to do what he wants with this running back position, and I think he's going to force feed Brees Hall a healthy volume of receptions. If we look at how good Aaron Jones has been in his career, let me pull up Aaron Jones's uh, career game log so we can take a look at uh, what the reception totals potentially could look like for Brees Hall. And it's going to be staggering. It's going to be amazing. It's going to make you excited. You're going to grin ear to ear. Here is Aaron Jones's receiving game log. Over the course of his career, let me drop this bad boy on screen. And I, I don't know that we'll get exactly this in year one coming off the ACL tear. 
but I don't see any reason so far to think that Brees Hall is going to actually be limited at all in week one. It's going to be about getting explosion back. And for people that say avoid ACL injuries, avoid ACL injuries, it's not that simple. It's not a blanket statement. You don't look at ACLs the same. you got to look at how old the player is. When did they suffer the ACL injury? How good are is, are they looking in terms of their, their, their rehab? Are they ready for week one or be, being forced into week one like J.K. Dobbins and Saquon Barkley? Or are they coming in full go? And if they're coming in full go, will there be some explosion issues? Is there a chance for compensation injuries, specifically a hamstring injury, which a lot of times uh, coincides with an ACL recovery the first year? Dalvin Cook had a horrible year back. Barkley had a horrible year back. uh, uh, Compensation injuries are real with ACL tears. But if the player's ready then they can come in firing on all cylinders and look at Aaron Jones's receiving career game logs here or career stats per season 59 receptions in uh let's see this was uh 59 receptions in 2022 so this is the top the top is 2022 72 targets 59 receptions 395 and 5 touchdowns in year 2021, 65 targets, 52 receptions, 391, six touchdowns. 47 receptions, 355, two touchdowns. 49 receptions, 4 474, and three touchdowns. If I had to guess, I would say that Brees Hall is pulling in. Let's call it. Let's call it the third. The, let's call it the third line here. 47 receptions for 355. And let's give him a, f- a four touchdown total. We won't give him six. We won't give him three. We'll give him four. 47 receptions, 355, and four touchdowns on the ground. Three or four touchdowns on the ground. That is a season, ladies and gentlemen. That is a season. That is what we need out of Brees Hall. That alone will help compensate for maybe a little less explosion in weeks one through ten as he gets his feet back under him, as he gets his knee 100% right, because there is a mental block, there is a talking to your knee, believe it or not, where you tell your knee to turn, you just tell yourself to cut, and you're just a little bit behind the, the, the firing of the neurons and the connection between your brain and your knee has been severed. And your, your body has to reestablish that connection. And there were times when I tore my ACL, I'd literally be, literally be walking in Target. I'm no, I'm no professional athlete. I'm walking through Target. Brees Hall's on a football field. I get that. But I'm walking in Target. I'm trying to make a beeline to the left to get that prime energy drink that's selling out on the counter, right? on the on, It's on the end cap. Somebody's racing over to grab it. Pretend prime was available back then. Smitty sees it. I'm about to turn left. My knee doesn't make me turn. I just keep walking straight. It's crazy the the severed connection of an ACL and how your brain has to rewire the body and so you don't quite trust it. It's crazy. Uh, We got all these memberships rolling in because somebody must have dropped a a YouTube exclusive membership. Appreciate that. We also have a super chat that just got dropped by, I believe, Russian Collusion, who's an absolute monster on this channel. And look at him coming in strong. Smitty, love the show, but gotta go. New York Rangers. Uh, the only thing that makes me shut Smitty off. Okay, I appreciate that. Hey, I look, Russian Collusion, you're the man, the myth, the legend, to the moon. Absolutely to love you, pal. Standing ovations. Make it appreciate you appreciate you Russian collusion the man the myth the legend 
Uh, Aaron Jones is uh, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, the new Aaron Jones. Brees Hall is gonna have a day. Brees Hall is gonna have an absolute day. I'm here for it. You're here for it. And let's see some Brees Hall predictions in the chat. Let's see what you all think Brees Hall can do. Drop it in the chat. Let's now talk about, let's shift over to Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson's a top five wide receiver in the making. The problem with Garrett Wilson right now is his ADP is climbing into a a near ridiculously high range that makes it very tough to invest in Garrett Wilson because we're expecting uh, the world. And can he produce? Absolutely. Can Garrett Wilson be what we want him to be in this Green Bay or in this in this Green Bay in this New York Jet situation led by former Green Bay Packer quarterback Aaron Rodgers? Can we expect Aaron Rodgers to do what he did with Devontae Adams for so many years, Jordy Nelson for so many years, and what he just replicated as he does over and over and over, no matter what the situation is with Christian Watson? who we'll talk about in a minute. Aaron Rodgers was handed Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, two very unknown products that we didn't know what to think. We didn't know which one, quite honestly, was going to be the guy. We kind of thought maybe it was going to go the way of Romeo Dobbs because he showed out in the preseason, if you remember correctly. It was like, oh, this might be the guy. It didn't really matter which one, we just had to wait to see which one it was, try and predict it if we could, and gravitate toward owning that player because Aaron Rodgers was going to turn one of these guys into the next pretty solid big thing because Aaron Rodgers does that. Time and time again, Aaron Rodgers turns a wide receiver into a monster. It's what he does on his resume. It's wide receiver maker. This guy's a wide receiver maker, a top 5 to 10 wide receiver maker. The question is, and we'll get to it in a second, did he have enough time with the putty that was Christian Watson to turn him into a monster before he departed for New York? Did Jordan Love get left with a complete wide receiver or a partial build that we'll see unravel in 2023? I'll get to that in a minute. I think you know where I stand with that. Garrett Wilson is already in the same, I don't know, stratosphere of what Christian Watson was last year under the command of Aaron Rodgers. So you have to ask yourself, how good is Garrett Wilson? Because Garrett Wilson didn't have Aaron Rodgers like Christian Watson did. If Christian Watson was handed Jordan Love last year before Christian Watson was fast-tracked, by Aaron Rodgers to become the wide receiver he's become, I don't know that Watson would look anywhere near as appealing as he does right now entering 2023. However, Garrett Wilson does. Garrett Wilson didn't have Aaron Rodgers. Garrett Wilson is still projected by us to be a top 5-10 to 10 wide receiver no matter what his quarterback situation unfolded into. We still saw 5-10 to 10 wide receiver numbers no matter what. Even if Mike White came back to be the signal caller, even if they went Derek Carr, we saw Garrett Wilson as a top 5-10 to 10 wide receiver no matter what. That says something about this boy's talent. This guy's a monster in the making. He's a top 5-10 to 10 wide receiver in a mediocre situation. Aaron Rodgers, who just showed you what he could do with Christian Watson, imagine what he's going to do to Garrett Wilson. It's 1,300, 1,400 yards. It's 12-plus touchdowns. It's 100 receptions. It's top 5 wide receiver production 
almost locked in and guaranteed, assuming Garrett Wilson and Aaron Rodgers both stay healthy. If they both stay healthy, this feels like the lock of the century in terms of a wide receiver producing Devontae Adams, Christian Watson, in between those numbers at least, type numbers in 2023, because that's what Aaron Rodgers does. Time and time and time and time again, without failure, doesn't matter who you hand them. You hand them a Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, you still get an absolute monster in the making, and Garrett Wilson's already primed and ready to go. The question is, do we still love him at 9-12 to 12 overall? Because if we look at, and these are the quarterback rankings, Aaron Rodgers in the top 6-7 conversation. Now these are your big 5 QBs. Aaron Rodgers, Lamar, Watson, T-Law, all arguable for that 6 spot, as well as other quarterbacks we didn't list, like Herbert. Someone said the disrespect to Herbert. Herbert's in there. Herbert's in there. No disrespect to Herbert, but he doesn't get locked in above those guys. He's right there with Aaron Rodgers. Herbert's right there with T-Law at the very most. T-Law's number six for me, but that's not disrespectful to Herbert. Herbert's got to earn it. Herbert's got to get a wide receiver. Herbert needs JSN. Herbert needs B. John Robinson. Herbert needs Jameer Gibbs. Herbert needs maybe Dalton Kincaid. Herbert needs maybe Mayer. Herbert needs something before we start locking him back in above T-Law. Thank you very much. So we have to ask ourselves right now, right here and right now, where do we draft Garrett Wilson? And if we put Garrett Wilson, let's say, into this 10 to 12 territory, Let's say this is where Garrett Wilson is locked into. Is it worth it? Are we reaching too high? Is this a territory that's going to burn us? Is there any upside left for Garrett Wilson at 10 to 12 overall? The answer is yes and no. The answer is similar to when you take Tyreek Hill at number 5 overall. Does it mean that it's bad to take him there because he has to? he can't really outperform number 5 overall? Is it still worth drafting Tyreek Hill? Yeah, it is. It's still worth. I mean, I'd rather trade this down and get me a, a Kenneth Walker in round two, and then and then and then on top of that trade down, get a a, a Watson in round four for doing that. Give me Kenneth Walker and and Christian Watson all day long over just Tyreek Hill. Understand what I'm saying? But. Is Tyreek Hill still worth a five overall pick, even though the upside is not really there anymore? He's just going to either earn that or, you know, he would disappoint you, but you feel confident he'll earn it. He's still worth taking to some degree. Is Garrett Wilson worth taking at 10, 11, 12 overall? He certainly is, but there is no more Olave upside. Chris Olave, the difference between Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson is crazy different now. It doesn't mean we don't like Garrett Wilson. It just means they're completely different players because of their cost of entry. If Chris Olave is going right here and Garrett Wilson is going right here, who is the better value? The answer is Chris Olave by a lot, by a mile. Like they're not even in the same ballpark anymore. This is a top five wide receiver in round three, people. A top five wide receiver in round three. This is a top five wide receiver in the top 12. There's a huge difference. There's a huge difference. And it doesn't mean I don't love Garrett Wilson, but the value 
the home run value's gone, and it's all about do you think he can still earn it? The answer is yes. Doesn't mean I don't like him. I love Garrett Wilson. I'm drafting him in a bunch of leagues, but he no longer has that ability to like win you a league like hands down. He can just very much put you in a good position. Whereas Olave can absolutely smash. Absolutely smash. Um, Smitty, rant, I love it. Appreciate you, Russian collusion. 170 people in here. Punch that thumb up button. Wrong, it's Wilson. I don't know what you mean. What's wrong? What's what's possibly wrong? How could I be wrong about saying that Alave as a top five wide receiver in three is a better value than Wilson as a top five wide receiver in the top 12? How How is that wrong? That, it, it, what's wrong is what you're saying, bro. Tell me I'm wrong. Uh, I, I look. You think Wilson will be relevant with all those receivers? Yeah, the receivers are are Lazard, and yeah, of course he'll be relevant with all those wide receivers. Garrett Wilson's going to be a monster, but he's going to have trouble exploding from his ADP. How can he explode from this? He can only earn it, which he can totally do. But like Tyreek Hill, Garrett Wilson now is in a territory where you're paying what you get. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, you're just excited. No problem, bro. You don't need to shed any tears on this channel. We're all family here. Okay. Family bicker once in a while, but all I'm saying is Olave's a moon man. Garrett Wilson's a moon man. They're all move, man. Everybody wins. Everybody wins tonight and get on over to underdog fantasy promo code Smitty. Okay. And, Cause we're going to be drafting not tonight, but tomorrow. And I want to make sure you're all prepared and signed up using promo code Smitty. Do it live. Do it now. Get ready for drafts. We do drafts every midnight on those days, the Tuesday, the Thursday, the Friday, the Saturday. Um, we may change the Tuesday one and, and go live on Thursday, Friday, Saturday and do the panic chamber every single Tuesday, late night, evening. We might end up doing that. I don't know what you guys' thoughts about are on that. I know you guys love to draft. I know you love to draft, but who's here for a consistent every Tuesday night panic chamber over best ball drafting on Tuesday night. Can you guys vote in the chat for me? I know a lot of you love, 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 love drafting, but we still draft more than pretty much most channels out there. You know, especially the way we do it multiple times, you know, multiple drafts back to back. A lot of people do one draft. We could do more than one draft. Maybe on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we do two best ball drafts and we keep it tight. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, very simple, very easy to remember. Tuesday nights, late night, our panic chamber nights. Let me know what you guys think on that. Um, I pinned that link for, for under, Underdog Fantasy, so go ahead and click that. Fields 5K total offense in 2023 says peanut butter and waivers. Honestly, bro, we'll have to see if he can hit 5K. I think, you know, 3,600 passing yards, 900 to 1,000 rushing is t certainly, you know, possible for him. Uh, Space Ricky says panic chamber. Um, Mike White and Joe Flacco. Now he has Aaron Rodgers, top five wide receiver. Absolutely, Lion. No doubt about it whatsoever. Smitty, take A-Rod trade after June 1st was never going to happen. Smitty, take A-Rod trade. I don't know what this means. Smitty, take A-Rod trade after June 1st was never going to happen. What's that even mean, Sloth? I don't know what that means. Herbert. Herbert with Zay Flowers leaves Fields in the dust. I don't know that I would say that, pal. I don't know that I would say that. Fields is going to explode. You're just a Fields hater. You're just a Fields hater, Jake. 
Be honest about it. That's what you are. It's okay. Just own it. You're a Fields hater, and you can't accept that Fields is going to have a great year. Please elaborate on Olave being a top five wide receiver. I'd love to hear it. Let me show you a little something. The moon man dropping loads in outer space. This guy, Chris Olave, is one of the first wide receivers added to the moon men list. Space monsters. Garrett Wilson was the first wide receiver added to the moon men list. So I don't want to hear any negativity about Garrett Wilson. And I don't want to hear that your boy Smitty is being negative when I say that Garrett Wilson is not as valuable dollar for dollar cost of entry than Alave anymore. That's pure logic. That's just plain logic. If you could trade your number eight overall pick where you're drafting Garrett Wilson for uh, Alave and let's say a Brees Hall. Like you get two third rounders for your number eight overall and you give up, let's say, let's say somebody just had two third round picks. Okay. You got two third round picks. You gave up your number eight overall. That person took Wilson at number eight. You took Alave and let's say a third and fourth rounder. You took Alave in round three. You took uh, Christian Watson in round four. You're telling me you wouldn't rather have those two players, a, a third and mid fourth round pick for Garrett Wilson. That tells you the values are, are just different. Doesn't mean Watson's not a moon man. The moon man dropping. Doesn't doesn't mean Watson's not a Mars man. He's on a shuttle to Mars. Mars man. Garrett Wilson's a, a Mars man for a reason. Loads dropping and spinning aimlessly in space. Alave's a Mars man for a reason. The values are just different. Alave's just got more upside. At this point, in terms of cost of entry, you got to just accept that. You can't get overly excited about Garrett Wilson right now and say, oh, Garrett Wilson's worth an eighth overall pick as much as as Alave's worth a 3.4. Alave crushes 3.4. Kenneth Walker crushes 2.10. If if I had to rank, if I had to rank who's more valuable, Walker at 2.10. Come on. Walker at 2.10. Alave at 3.4. Or Garrett Wilson, who I love, and I'm not negative on him whatsoever, at 1.9. Who's more valuable? I ranked them in order for you. I'll give you the answer. It's 1, 2, 3. Those are the values, cost of entry, ranking, if we're talking about Walker at 2.10, that wins you a league. You smash your opponents into oblivion. Alave at 3.4 is a top five wide receiver. You win your league. You smash your opponents into oblivion. If Russell, if, if, uh, if, if uh, Garrett Wilson's a top five wide receiver, you earn your value. Not bad. Doesn't mean things are horrible. Doesn't mean you're not going to win your league. But he doesn't single-handedly win your league at 1.9, 1.8. He earns you what you paid. You got what you hoped for. And you end up doing very well. Sometimes you draft a JT at number 8 or 9 overall. And you're just going to get what you pay for. And that's okay. Not You can't always smash your draft picks out of the park. You try to. You try to draft the best player available at every draft selection. Sometimes you're going to have more of an ability to smash and hit a home run than others. Alave round three, smash. 
Garrett, uh, uh, Kenneth Walker round two, 2.10, smash. Brees Hall, 3.3, smash. Joe Burrow, 4.1 to 4.12, absolute win a league smash. Garrett Wilson, 1.9, good. Amazing. I like it. Smash? No. He can't smash from 1.8. He can do what he's supposed to do, earn his keep, and maybe help you win a league, but he's not winning you a league from 1.8 or 1.9. He's getting you what you paid for, and I do believe he will earn what you pay for if you draft him. Um, Fields number one. In the red zone, Fields is going to be a monster, Frankie. He's going to be a monster. Everybody needs to prepare for it. Okay, let's get on over to this Christian Watson character. We've talked about Garrett Wilson, top eight, top nine overall player. Worth it. Worth it. Not winning you a league there anymore. Worth it. He's helping you win a league. He's not winning you a league. Brees Hall, 3.12, 3.4, winning you a league. Brees Hall's winning you a league at 3.4 if he converts, if he smashes. He wins you a league. No way I would take Terry or Ayuk over Olave. Who said that? Who said they take Ayuk over Olave? You've just been Smitty disapproved. Who said that? Who said that? Alert. Alert. Panic mode initiated. Is this it right here? Is this it right here? Goodness gracious. Is this it right here? Hold on. You draft Olave where Scary Terry goes or Brandon Ayuk. What is this, David? What is this doing on my show? What is this right here, David? You draft Olave where Scary Terry and Brandon Ayuk go. Ayuk doesn't hold Olave's jockstrap. What are we talking about here? What are we, what in the world are we talking about with this, David? Alert. Maximum levels reached. Prepare for transformation. Alert. Maximum levels reached. Prepare for transformation. Let's paste this on here. David. David, first of all, my phone line is open to you. If you want to call in for some therapy on this one. You draft Olave where Scary Terry goes or Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk? I'm not saying Brandon Ayuk's garbage or trash, bro. But Brandon Ayuk is in what round? Seven? Eight? I I don't even know where Ayuk's going. It seems like seven, eight, nine, I would probably say. McLaurin's going around five, six, I don't know, six, call it round five or six. I don't know, maybe, maybe if he's lucky, if he's having a good hair day, maybe he he goes in round five. But Alave is a third round win a league monster, David. 
He's a third-round monster, David. This is a guy that wins you a league, David. This is a guy that gets you a 1,400-yard season, David. Maybe 12 to 14 touchdowns, David. And maybe he gets you, if he has a bad day, David, 90 receptions, 95 receptions instead of 100, 110. These guys couldn't be further apart. I want some Ayuk emojis right now. David, I appreciate you. David, I want you to call in. David, I might need to give you a free TheFantasyFootballShow.com membership, David. I, I have not read something that has worked me up in a long time like this thing has right here. It's like comparing a steak sandwich to Taco Bell beef. That's like saying you you, you, you eat a steak sandwich when you want a Taco Bell, uh, you know, beef. You know, have you ever seen how Taco Bell beef is made, bro? They're, they're, they're packets. They're frozen packets. They take those those heated water bins, those metal bins, they put boiling water in it. They take a frozen packet and they dump the meat in it and the boiling water cooks the meat real quickly. They stir it. They put it on the on the tray. They don't even cook it. It cooks with the boiling water. You're comparing, you're comparing Brandon IU Taco Bell meat to a steak dinner lave. It's not even close. It's not even close. David... Dial into the show. I'd love to hear from you. And I'm not going to rip you apart or anything like that. I just would love to hear the, the the rationale, the logic. Phone lines right here if you want to dial in. I'm more than willing to throw you in here real quick. Okay. Goodness gracious, guys. You see something like that and it's just, you know, your whole day gets twisted upside down. Um, dial into the show. Call into the show. Call, call, call into the show. Draft Olave. David, I want to be in this league you're in. Because if Olave is going near Brandon Ayuk and Terry Scary McLaurin, who I like Terry McLaurin a lot, but goodness gracious, bro, I want in that league bad. I want Olave. Imagine Olave falling to four, the fourth round in that league. Olave's just sitting there. Uh, what's up, Young? Appreciate you being here. <sighs> Dylan, Dylan. Uh, thank you, Russian Collusion, for the super chat. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Hello, Taco Bell meat. Taco Bell is a little underrated. Doesn't mean that I don't like Taco Bell. Let's go to the voicemails while we await some phone calls. This is Terry Roberts. Well, let me be the first to drop some A-Rod voicemail on here, Smitty. Um, uh, now that A-Rod is going to the Jets to open up that offense that we're all excited about. Does anybody take a hit uh, from a positive standpoint in fantasy? No, no one takes a hit by this move. The only hit that would have been potentially, you know, present is is if Aaron Rodgers didn't land in New York and everybody takes a hit in New York. Everybody. There's no negative from this situation in New York. And honestly, it's a positive in Green Bay too because even though we love Christian Watson with A-Rod, I have a feeling that Jordan Love's going to force feed him. And maybe, just maybe, this team is behind in such a way that they're in the game but behind 
and they're throwing the ball a ton in the third and fourth quarter, maybe Watson matures and carries Jordan Love in a way. And Watson was so brought along quickly. And let's put Watson up on the screen here because it's time to talk Deshaun. Deshaun. It's time to talk Christian Watson and what his impact is going to look like with Jordan Love. I don't think it goes down. As I said earlier, when we first dropped this Moon Man list. The Moon Man. Dropping loads in outer space. If you remember when we dropped this Moon Man list, there were a couple worries and concerns, right? Space Moon A lot of these guys didn't have a quarterback. Wilson didn't have a quarterback. Brees Hall didn't have a quarterback. And Watson, we weren't sure what was going on with him. We still are a little worried about Pitts and London's quarterback situation. We thought that would get solved by Lamar Jackson. But now this has been resolved. It's been resolved. Maybe Ritter's really decent. Decent enough, you know what I'm saying? Watson, I don't, I'm not, this is the least, con- I was so not concerned about Watson being handed Jordan Love because that's one player and I think he'll do well there. I was more worried about these two gentlemen, Hall and Wilson, taking a big tumble down a hill, a big tumble without a good quarterback versus Watson getting a good quarterback. He has a good quarterback by default, so nobody takes a hit, bro. We got a couple super chats in here. Let me put those on screen here. We got Isaac dropping a super. We got uh, Rockout dropping a super. Collusion dropped another and says, Smitty Rant, love it. Appreciate you, Collusion, dropping two super chats here. Isaac says, Meikle Hardman with this trade. I'm not counting on Meikle Hardman at all until he proves he can stay healthy and relevant. So I'm not even worried. He's not even healthy right now. He's actually not healthy right now. He's normally not healthy, and he's not healthy right now. Miko Harmon's a special teams potential project to me. It's Lazard. It's Garrett Wilson. I'm not concerned about Miko Harmon at all, and Lazard shouldn't be either. Uh, 20K subs by June. On my birthday, says Rockout. I'll to I'll drink moon. to that, Rockout. Appreciate you, buddy. Thank you, Rockout. Rockout dropping the super. Um, let's get to 20K by June 30. I think we could get past 20K by June 30. Easy. We're at 18K, I think, probably tomorrow we hit 18, 18K. Isaac, thank you so much for your super chat, my man. Not worried about me, Cole, at all. If you like me, Cole, trust your gut. But me, I'm not going near me, Cole Hartman, at all. No no thoughts whatsoever about me, Cole. Jim! Hey, Smitty. NFL draft is this week. Can't wait to see what's going on. It seems to be a consensus that Jackson's- I, I'm live during the entire NFL draft, an hour before the NFL draft, and I'm live through the entire first round, and then I'm live an hour or so after, depending on how how long we go, just naturally, to talk about the landing spots and reactions to everything. So if you don't have anywhere to be on draft day, I'm your home. I'm where you should be. Let's do it live. Can't wait to see what's going on. It seems to be a consensus that Jackson Smith and Jigba is the wide receiver one in this class, but I was wondering in your ranks, who do you have as the wide receiver two in this year's class? Uh, my wide receiver two is Zay Flowers. If he's not quietly my number one wide receiver, uh, I'm going to try and bring a couple uh, 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 big dogs into this live stream, by the way. So hang tight while I send out uh, a, a request to see if I can get these two guys in here. Hold on one second. Let me just find this, this chat. Where is that? Where is that? Uh, it's somewhere around here. I got to send this invite to my boys who might be coming in here, hopefully soon to talk a little of this on top of some other things that I wanted to bring, bring up with a couple former, um, NBA players. Let me see if I can send this, uh, link to these guys 
Um, let's see here. Let me send this over to myself. One second, guys. And see if I can get these guys in here. But but there is no there, there is no downside to this trade. There's no downside at all whatsoever to this trade. Um, if you guys can join. Let's go over to... Oh, I was I was listening to this message here. This is from uh, who was this? Jim. Jim. I'm sorry. Hey, Spences. That Jackson Smith and Jigba is the wide receiver one in this class. But I was wondering. Yeah, who's the number two? Z- Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers is my number two. Addison could be if Addison's in the right spot. I I love Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison's going to go to the moon if he goes to the right location. Where's the right location? Chicago would be cool, but they don't have a, a draft slot for that. Um, looking at the NFL draft, I would probably say. Uh, looking at the NFL draft, I'd probably say Jordan Addison's going in the 11 to 21 range. The Chargers would be phenomenal for Jordan Addison. Zay Flowers would be phenomenal. Jordan uh, Jordan Addison, Flowers, or Quentin Johnson, even though I, I doubt Quentin Johnson a little bit, in the right spot, I could like him a lot. I could like him a lot in, in, a, char- in a Chargers uniform. Quentin Johnson getting the football from an elite quarterback would change my opinion about Quentin Johnson because he's raw. He's got a lot of talent. He's very, very raw. But that doesn't mean he can't develop very quickly with a Herbert, very quickly with a quarterback like Lamar. Uh, you know, so if Quentin Johnson went 22, I like him there. But JSN's the most likely to fall in the best environment. Zay Flowers could be a surprise early wide receiver grab. Maybe he's the second wide receiver taken. Maybe he's the first wide receiver taken. You never know. Jalen Rager got taken before JJ. These things happen all the time. So landing spot will be critical in deciding who the number two wide receiver is. JSN by default because of his route running abilities, his improved speed, his ability to improve his speed makes me feel like JSN is the lock of this class. And I didn't always feel that way because my initial talent assessment only in January, which I do, and sometimes it's different by the time the landing spots get handed out. My talent assessment only ranking had Zay Flowers number one, JSN number two. And that isn't to say it can't go back to that, but right now JSN has a Kung Fu grip on the number one wide receiver uh, ranking. Uh, This one's from Jim. Hey, Smitty, what are your thoughts on Sky Moore going into year two? Do you think he's going to take that next step, or do you think he's nothing more than a wide receiver three-year flex play? No, I I mean, I I love, I love, I love, I love Sky Moore. Sky Moore, let's put the the topic on, uh, on the screen here. So Sky Moore is the topic at hand right now. Sky Moore. Let's see here. Hold on a second. Let me let me copy this right here. Sky Moore. Uh, I think Sky Moore is one of the sneakiest wide receiver threes in fantasy football 2023. Now, granted, um, there's a lot of concern of Kadarius Tony being there. I shouldn't say concern. But there's a lot of thinking that Kadarius Tony could be the number one option in in this uh, in this offense in 2023, and there's certainly that possibility. But at the same time, I, I you know if I had to bank against somebody like that has the talent that I feel like won't work out, it would be it would be Kadarius Tony. He's kind of a head case. I think he should be given a shot in in KC. He's certainly got the talent, but he's also often injured. He's been a head case. He's been moved around. The Giants got rid of him for a reason. I'm not saying he can't change his tune and become some kind of like, you know, bounce back candidate, you know, in a sense in Kansas City. 
But Sky Moore has the draft capital. Sky Moore doesn't have the off the field or on the sideline off the field issues. And he doesn't appear to be uh, a very, you know, injury riddled person. So all of the momentum is in favor of Sky Moore, no matter what everybody wants to wants to say or wants it to be in terms of, of Kadarius Tony. I, I bank on Sky Moore all day long over over Kadarius Tony. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Terry, for those voicemails. Let's get on over to the next voicemail group. And if you guys want to become voicemail leavers, all you got to do is get on over to the fantasy football show dot com I'm sorry get on over to Instagram uh, dot com slash the fantasy football show or just on your Instagram app search for the fantasy football show you probably already follow your boy and if you click subscribe on my Instagram profile you can become a voicemail lever all you gotta do is DM me after you do this is four dollars and ninety nine cents a month and you have daily email daily voicemail access where you can drop a voicemail multiple voicemails every single day on the show you want to get an answer from me every single day on on this show, hearing your voice, your question, just become a $4.99 subscriber and send me a DM after you do it, and I'll throw you on the channel. Kevin! Finally finalized. I'm glad they got that done because now uh, we can move some stuff around and both teams can see what they need to draft. Yep, uh, appreciate that, Kevin. B-Men. You mentioned that the Bears were a good landing spot for the rookie running backs, Gibbs, Charbonnet, etc. Um, do you think it's going to be too much of a committee with uh, Foreman and Herbert and then a rookie running back if there's too many cooks in the kitchen? What do you think? I don't think this is uh, – like if the Bears draft Charbonnet, especially Bijan, I don't believe there's too many cooks in the kitchen in Chicago. I believe there's only one cook in the kitchen, B-Men. And that, that's Charbonnet or Bijan. None of those guys hold a candle to those two RBs. If Charbonnet's in the lineup, Charbonnet's going to be fed like a monster. Now, draft capital matters. If Charbonnet goes in the middle of round two, there's a little more likelihood of a slow climb up and a slow trust process. It has to do with coaches' mindsets, draft capital. You spend a first rounder, unless you're Kansas City, on a running back, you're going to use the running back. You're pressured. There's high pressure to use running back, high pressure to get instant returns. A lot of it goes into it with, with the draft capital. It's kind of ridiculous when you think about it. If, if a player's good enough, he should just start immediately. Javante shouldn't have had to dance around his situation. And I blame Hackett for his ACL tear, whether it was his fault or not, and he had nothing to do with the actual tear. I blame him. I blame him for Javante not getting a chance to do what he should have done in week one. And we wait and we wait and we wait. He tears his ACL and then Hackett's begging a running back to take all the work when Javante's already out of the picture. I blame Hackett for that. I can't stand Hackett for that. And so back full circle, I get so caught on a tangent. If Charbonnet is drafted, let's say, you know, and, and even traded up for the Bears are going to use him, I think, even if he's the second-round draft selection. I think he, he rises to the top very, very quickly. If if the Bears take him at 9, Bijan, they take Bijan at 9, they're using him. There's not it, there's no cook in the world that can compete with, with Najee getting his 
you know, share at the grill, his time at the grill in the kitchen. No one's taken away from that. He is the only cook, the, the solo cook. Everybody else is a, is a bench cook, uh, a, an alternate. This guy's the only cook in the kitchen. Charbonnet, Gibbs, Bijan, these three monsters, wherever they go, they should have no problem solidifying the lone starting gig unless they land in a very cloudy situation with a very bad coach like Hackett that could screw it up. There's always that possibility, but hopefully the Jets don't draft a uh, a, um, a running back and, and put us in that position because Hackett would potentially be in that situation. All right, let's go to Wilson. Wilson. I was in a chat today and someone told me that Bijan is the same level player as no Sean Marino. I never laughed so hard in my life. That it's kind of like no offense to that whoever that was, David, that said that uh, you draft a lot. David, I hope you don't like leave the channel and get mad at me because I'm p- poking a little fun at you, David. David, call into the show, by the way, please. Um, I, I want to make up, David. I want to make up. I'm sorry I got I got a little hot and bothered by your comparing uh, Alave to McLaurin and Ayuk. P- comparing Alave to Ayuk was just blasphemy. But, but yeah, I mean, comparing no Sean Moreno, like when people make weird statements like that, oh, this guy's going to be so good. They try and give you an underhanded compliment and they end up insulting the player. The next no Sean Moreno, what the heck's wrong with this guy? Bijan's going to be an absolute monster. Thank you, Wilson, for dropping that. Uh, let's get on over to the uh, other and final voicemail group. This is Johnny. What's up, Smitty? Hope you're having a blessed day. I am. Uh, I was just going to get your thoughts on DJ Moore. Thanks, man. And, and part of what I do here is I'm in this particular chat right here, I hold down the record button so that you don't have to go hunting for the message, although you'll hear it on the channel as well. But, Johnny, appreciate your, your message, pal. Um, and uh, what was Johnny's question? <laughs> What's up, Smitty? Hope you're having a blessed day. I am. Uh, I was just going to get your vu. thoughts on DJ Moore. DJ Moore. Thanks, yeah, DJ Moore. So, uh, Johnny, I like DJ Moore a lot. I think some expectations are a little high, a little lofty expectation here or there I find around the corners of the internet, like he's a top five wide receiver. I don't think he turns into a top five wide receiver, but like Terry Scary McLaurin, David, I do like Scary Terry McLaurin, by the way. You know, it's just comparing him to Olave, especially at cost of entry. is crazy. But I like McLaurin. He's trapped in a bad situation. McLaurin has been and, and still will be. If McLaurin went to, like, Chicago, we might be looking at a top seven wide receiver in McLaurin. I feel similar about DJ Moore, but to a little lesser level. So we're talking, like, 9 to 14. But that's still a good wide receiver. If he finished, like, 11, that is a, a late wide receiver one. That's still very respectable. So like he could be, I would say more like 12 to 14 safe. And that's a great, that's a great season. 1200 yards, eight, nine touchdowns, 10 touchdowns, potentially, uh, you know, I love, I love, uh, I love that, you know, value. So thank you, Johnny. Appreciate you dropping that voicemail. Voicemails have been concluded. Let's see if the NBA guys are going to be able to, to dial in. Let me see if I can get a hold of, uh, of, uh, my boy, uh, uh, Ryan. Let me see if I can get Ryan on here. Let's see if I can drop a, a link. Um, no rush if you, if you can join. And I, I'm going to hopefully get one of these guys in here, if not both of them. It'd be pretty fun. A little live stream to talk, uh, talk to two people that, uh, you know, been professional athletes or are pre- former professional athletes and just kind of discuss, uh, you know, 
this situation. Um, uh, also, and I want to talk to them about Lamar and Lamar's contract and not having an agent and all that. Uh, okay. Let's see here. Super chat from Ron Navy. Check IG when you can. Okay, Ron, let me look for it. Where? What am I looking for, Ron? Okay, let me, let me, thank you, Ron. Appreciate it. Okay, uh, dial into the phone. Call into the show. Call, call, call into the show. Waiting on some potential surprise guests to come into the show. Definitely interested in uh, in anybody that wants to dial in and, and, and have a discussion about what's going on. Um, let's go, let's go. Man, I'm excited about this. Aaron Rodgers to the moon. Uh, Steven from Massachusetts is calling in. Steven, Steven, talk to me, my boy. Talk to me. How you feeling about Aaron Rodgers, Steven? How you feeling about Garrett Wilson, Steven? How you liking Brees Hall, Steven? Well, <laughs> I'm feeling pretty, well, as a Patriots fan, I mean, it kind of hurts. Uh, it just shows on the totem pole where we're on the division. But as Aaron Rodgers going there, I'm, I'm loving it because uh, – I think it's going to do good for uh, Garrett Wilson. Um, Garrett Wilson, I think now he's, he's going to get that consistent volume that we all expected him to get before. Because uh, you look at it, right? Like last year when, when Mike White was uh, when Mike Mike White was the quarterback, that was like when Garrett Wilson was actually doing pretty decent. Before that, it was like an up and down, like trying to figure out like when to start the guy. So now you pretty much have like somebody that he can start. So I'm definitely loving Garrett Wilson and the Brees Hall. And if, if, if everything checks out, like you, like uh, with that injury, I, I'm really liking his liking his upside. I don't know if his ADP is going to change because Aaron Rodgers is there. Because I remember you've been telling me a lot that he's going in the second or third round. So if that's where he's still going, man, I think that'd be pretty good. Yeah. I, uh, to, to get to get a guy that in the second or third round who I, who has uh, some good upside. I mean, uh, I, I think I saw a little bit earlier you were uh, saying that. Uh, the type of receiving uh, PPR work that he could get, and if, if Aaron Rodgers does check it down to him and give him give him some of that work, I'm definitely uh, definitely liking that man. I I think he's going to be a pretty good value in the draft. So yeah, so I, I think mean, this is a great trade. Garrett Wilson, if Garrett Wilson, this is what Aaron Rodgers does to a wide receiver. Let's say Garrett Wilson was going to get 1190, 85. And let's say seven TDs. Okay, let's say that's what he was going to get no matter what. That's what Garrett Wilson's, you know, guaranteed to get. You know, with a bad quarterback play, rotations. Let's say they brought back um, Mike White, who I like. I'm just saying if we didn't feel like it was going to be a top six, top seven quarterback. What what Aaron Rodgers is going to do is he's going to up this reception total to 100. He's going to up this receiving number to 1300 plus he's going to up update this touchdown total to to like 11 or let's just call it 10 plus and so it's a significant injection of 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 topping off what is already going to be amazing numbers and i think it's really important to note that garrett wilson unlike watson and you know how much i love christian watson so this is a compliment to garrett wilson Watson couldn't have done what Garrett Wilson did in New York. And the fact that Watson with Aaron Rodgers was able to fast track and elevate to become an elite player. I really believe Watson could be an elite player. I'm not just saying he's going to be good. I think Christian Watson can be 
And when I say elite, I'm saying top five to ten at the position. Maybe not he's the top echelon, you know, type of player, but let's call him top six to ten. I think Watson could be top six to ten. I truly do. That is an elite player to me. I think anybody in the top ten is an elite player. I think it's a good definition. Is he in the, you know, top five upper echelon of elite players? Let's call him six to ten. Garrett Wilson would have, like, if you would have put Garrett Wilson in Green Bay his rookie year, similar to Watson in Green Bay his rookie year, I think Garrett Wilson would have had these numbers as a rookie. So imagine what Garrett Wilson's going to do if he was able to, on his own, so to speak, do what he did last year. I just think the sky's the limit for him. That's why, back to my earlier point, he earns... Your 9 or 8 or 10 overall draft selection. And we'll see where Garrett Wilson climbs ADP-wise. But it still doesn't make him like a guy like Alave who could also get these numbers. Alave can also... It's not like Alave's going to get a lesser amount. And then you got to weigh out Garrett Wilson at 9 overall with better numbers. Versus Alave at 3rd round value with a little lesser numbers. Alave could outscore Garrett Wilson. It wouldn't shock me if Olave was wide receiver three this year. Uh, I've got another Olave video coming soon, but it wouldn't shock me if Chris Olave, who led the league in air yards when Winston was under center, and then when Winston wasn't under center, this guy transformed into a different player. It was like a player, like you think about the days of, of Michael Jordan being an absolute monster, dunking the ball, driving to the basket, and then he had to learn a different game when he had some restrictions. He got older, okay? Olave didn't get older, but he had restrictions too. He was the air yardage master his rookie season, leading the league in air yards by a wide, wide, wide margin, Olave. Number one in the league in air yards by a wide margin. And then Wilson went down. Enter restriction. And I'm not comparing him to Jordan per se. I'm just trying to give an example. But when Jordan couldn't drive to the basket anymore like he used to, he couldn't dunk as well. He lost a little bit of a step playing against younger guys. That restriction, enter the restriction. What did Jordan do? He learned how to shoot better than he ever shot before. He developed a new game, his fadeaway jumper. He became the best player in the league again. By doing something new and in, in, in reinventing his game on a different level. Again, not comparing Jordan to Olave. I'm comparing this restriction, enter restriction into the situation. For Olave to go from the air yardage master as a rookie to some sort of possession wide receiver, sideline wide receiver. It's like breaking your right hand and having to now use your left hand. He's better for it. He's, his overall game is going to be... So easily visible now that he's so well-rounded. Alave is going to thrive in all areas because of the forced restriction on his quarterback situation. I can't wait to see Alave prove every everyone wrong. Chris Alave is a top three to five wide receiver. I really, really believe that. So that's my whole point when I'm going over that. Doesn't mean I don't love these numbers for Garrett Wilson at number nine, 10, or 11 overall. People need to understand what I'm saying. This, but, but these numbers are capable for both Chris Olave and for uh, Garrett Wilson. That's just the difference. The ADP difference is drastically different. So you could 
so what you're so uh, you could you could in theory. I mean, I don't I don't know. I haven't been doing the drafts, but uh, you you could actually have Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave on the same team. I'm sorry. Say that again. So like where 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 Garrett Wilson's going to be going? I'm assuming that he's going to be going in the first round, like you're saying. Uh, and it's Chris Olave, where is he going at? Because uh, third round, if, if, third, if third round. Scenario, you can actually have both these guys on the. You could, you could, you could have, you could have both of them. In fact, let's let's do a little let's do a little mock up of of how to own these guys. Let's put this board up here. Let's say, um, let's say you let's see. Do I have a Garrett Wilson graphic somewhere in here? I don't know if I have. Let me put, I, I have it somewhere here. Garrett Wilson. Let's say you draft Garrett Wilson in round one. Okay, you draft Garrett Wilson in round one, um, and that's where he's going. You got to pay that. Let's say you draft um, Chris Alave in round three. Let's go find Alave. So we put Alave in round three. You get Kenneth Walker in round two. You get Joseph Cigar Smoking Burrow in round four. And then later on, you get that Camara Charbonnet combo. Uh, let me see if I can find a Charbonnet graphic real quick. Tell me you're not winning your league. Tell me not only is this a great like team, this is a someone call in and argue that you're not winning your league. Let me find my Charbonnet. Where's my Zach Charbonnet graphic? Hold on a second. All right. Zach Charbonnet. Or, or if you think about it too, you could even get Jameer Gibbs because uh, I forgot. Yeah, they, of course. They were saying that uh, I forgot what team it was that uh, one. There's like one of the elite teams. I think that's like trying many, to uh, bring in uh, Jameer Gibbs. I, many I teams. Was. I, I was going to go live on Jameer Gibbs only. I'm going to have to do a separate video on that. Let's say you get Char- Let's say you reach for Charbonnet in round five because you're just a petrified Peter. Yep. You're a petrified Peter, and you think that, that Charbonnet is going to get snagged. So you you pull a quick uh, reach and you reach hardcore. Uh, Alvin Kamara. Let me pull up an Alvin Kamara graphic and put Alvin Kamara on. So th- this would be a phenomenal, a phenomenal squad. I, I dare someone to call in and argue that this isn't the kind of team that you literally walk to the bank and ask for an advance on your your entry fee. Like <laughs> Garrett Wilson in one, Kenneth Walker in two. And again, understand my earlier comments against Garrett Wilson versus Lave aren't against Garrett Wilson. There, I still love Garrett Wilson. I'm still drafting Garrett Wilson, but it's just a stark difference in value. But Garrett Wilson in one, uh, Kenneth Walker in two, Chris Olave in three, Joe Burrow in four, Charbonnet early in five. Uh, Kamara sometimes falls to six, and if he doesn't, if you're drafting on a uh, format that has him too early, let's say you put you put Kamara in the five spot and you put Charbonnet in the six. You know, or what if you could even say, give me the stack. We'll put Joe Burrow over here. Uh, let's see if we can put Aaron Rodgers. Do I have an Aaron Rodgers graphic? Let's say, wh- where's Aaron Rodgers going, bro? Let's say he's going, what, around six? Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, yeah. you know. What you, you been doing the draft? Where's where's he even going? Is that, is that how he, far he goes all he's over. He's even going later, right? He goes all over. So, you know, let's, let's do Jameer Gibbs. Let's do Jameer Gibbs. Where's my Jameer Gibbs graphic when I need it? Jameer! Where's Jameer? Where's Jameer? I have it somewhere. Bro, I have so many many graphics. You have no idea how. Okay, so let's let's take Jameer Gibbs. So Garrett Wilson, Kenneth Walker, Chris Alave, Jameer Gibbs, 
Zach Charbonnet, Aaron Rodgers stack. That team's phenomenal too. I don't love it more, but that team's phenomenal too. These are all league winning moves. Uh, uh, Ron Navy, you're live. Hey, all right. I agree with everything except Kamara. Kamara's not going to be on my team. Yeah, we know. Um, instead of Kamara, instead of Kamara, um, since like if you're doing best ball and it's three wide receivers, Pickens. I'd take Pickens. Yeah, I mean, hey, George Pickens is he's in the Kamara territory, and bro, because bro- you already got Charbonnet, and if you get Gibbs, but I'd rather have Burrow where Gibbs is at. I'd rather have Walker Sharp combo, and then take what you did before and um, have Pickens instead of Kamara. And then later on, um, there's some other running backs that you can make as your third running back and stuff like that. Yeah, so I mean, that's my opinion. I mean, now. either way, you're walking to the bank and you're asking okay. for an IOU. You know what I mean? Like you're writing on a Warp. napkin, this team. You're slapping that IOU yeah. up against the glass and they say, bring them in the back. Bring them in the back. Put them in the put them in the the safe deposit box room. We're gonna go get him in advance on his check. Because look at this squad. Even if we did the Pickens thing, like you're saying, it's fine. Pickens is a fantastic six six round player. But this is like win a league material. And then we got a lot of people that run their mouth about that Bijan. Because on my Bijan video, a lot of people saying Bijan was not falling to round two. He is. We did. I mean, he he might not in a lot of cases, and he certainly won't in June. Like, you get to June, July, as soon as the draft's over, just because he's being mentioned, just because he turns into a real player at that point, Bijan will climb just because he's in the news. We know his landing spot. He becomes a real person now, not just a fictional character, a phantom player. He's climbing to 7 overall, 6 overall. He might even climb to 5 overall by regular people. And remember when I put him 6 overall in a video a little while back, it, it got a little heat. He's going there. So let's just put Bijan in round one now in advance, knowing he's climbing there. But in my Bijan video, the last we pulled up my last like three, four, five best ball drafts. Bijan went at 14, 14, 13, 8, 7. A lot of those seven and six were or seven and eight and nine were Ron Navy's draft selection of Bijan too. We pulled up all these random drafts, the last best balls that we did with it were one QB. And everyone that was that didn't have Ron Navy in the draft, Bijan went at 14, 15, 13. He was going in round two. So he still technically is going in round two. And there's no accurate ADP out there aside from underdog, in my opinion, because ESPN doesn't even have rookies in it. Bijan's going so late on sleeper that you forget he's there and he goes in the sixth round. We we saw that firsthand. So there's no ADP data. People say he's not going in the in the second round. He is, but he won't. So let's put him here. Bijan at one overall, or, or your your first round pick. Okay, Kenneth Walker. Let's go running back, running back. We don't do that a whole lot on the show. Bijan Walker, Alave, uh, Joe Burrow sometimes falls to round five. So you could play that game and wait. Uh, where's Christian Watson when we need him? Christian, there we go. Christian round four. Oh, man, hold on a second. Christian, round four. So let's say we go, or London, Drake London in round four. Drake London, I'm going to have a video on Drake London in Alave very soon, even though I've already touched on this topic. 
it's just such an important league-winning move, in my opinion, to get London and Watson. And I'm going to do a separate video on each one of these guys, even though I have done a combined video on the two. How I love them in round four and five. How you can win a league drafting Drake London in round five or six drafting, uh, let's call it five. Reach four and five, because he has fallen to six, but I don't think that's going to last at all. In fact, London's been climbing in the super flex drafts, which is weird, because in the one QB drafts, he was going in five or six now Watson and London are neck and neck. Like sometimes London goes ahead of Watson in the super flex drafts, which is strange. Might have to do with stacking and the way people try and stack those quarterbacks and everything. It just has people pulling the trigger on wide receivers a little bit early. I'm trying to find my London graphic. Where's my London gold dra uh, graphic when you need it? London, where are you, London? Oh my God, I have to go searching for it. Hold on, let me search the web for a Drake London graphic real quick. Drake London. Okay, so here, look at this. Look at this team right here. If we go RBRB, if we go RBRB, Drake London or Watson. Let's just put a lot of people aren't on Watson right now. He's a topic of the day though, because we're one of the topics of the day because of this trade that went down. But look at this. Look at this. Drake London in round four. Let's say that's a reach. Alave in round three. Walker in round two, Bijan in round one. You may get lucky in a grandma league and get Joe Burrow in round number five. If not, how about Trevor Lawrence? Put Trevor Lawrence the law dog in this fifth or sixth round spot. Who's not winning a league with Bijan, Walker, Olave, Drake, London, Trevor Lawrence, and George Pickens? Ron, are you walking to the bank with an for an IOU from the bank on this? I am. You. Yeah, but you know what you can do is if you're not big on picking, guess who else you could put in there? Since you, if you pick up London, pick up Pitt. Yeah, I mean, I got him on here for that very reason. Where's Kyle Pitts? Hold on, let me move. Let me move all these guys around. Where's Kyle? He's somewhere. I think he's underneath here. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I ended up uh, ended up xing out on 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 pick Pitts. Let's see, Kyle Pitts. Where are you, pal? Where are you, pal? God, I, I had. I, it's funny because I have all these graphics here, and within like 24 hours, I have so I have like I probably have about 200 graphics on my computer added per day, and so I go I go scrolling for something that I just added. So yeah, Kyle Pitts, this wins a league. This wins a league. I know you don't like Kamara, Ron Navy, but Kamara also, in my opinion, is a potential here, especially if you're looking for that RB that you want to complement. You know, if you don't go. Uh, if you don't go two RBs back to back here, here you wouldn't necessarily need it. You could definitely take more of a gamble on the Kyle Pitts train. Uh, but this is just a phenomenal way to build this right here. And I personally like Watson. I love in grandma leagues doing this little beauty right here. Look at this little number right here. You got, uh, you know, go, go late quarterback. Maybe even get like an Aaron Rodgers late. Maybe you get a Jordan Love. Let's put Jordan Love with Derek Carr together as your QB1 in a 1QB league and pair Bijan, Walker, Olave, Watson, London sometimes falls to five. Kyle Pitts, just absolute championship. Championship. You could put Najee in. Yeah, Ron would put Najee in here. Uh, Najee, are you getting Najee in round four in a 1QB league on any sort of normal rotation Ron or is Najee usually not at all falling to four anymore is he three is he a three round staple in one QB in one QB yeah he... let, me, let me check 
Oh, um. Go on. Let me check this real quick. Yeah. Uh, let's go. Let's go over. Hang tight, Ron. Let me let me jump around the phone line here. Uh, the Bruce. The Bruce is on the line. The Bruce. What's going on, pal? Hey, Smitty. Yeah. I might be Mister Negative. Oh no. Oh no. First Bruce. of all, the Jets gave up too much. But second of all, I think this is bad for Hall and, and Wilson. But here's why. Who's their offensive coordinator? Yeah, but we talked about that, Bruce. That that Hackett is eliminated with with Aaron Rodgers there. It doesn't matter. Hackett Hackett's kind of like handcuffed. You know, he doesn't do he doesn't do any. He's like a gnat on the wall now. He's a fly on the wall. Aaron Rodgers and Hackett have been very good together because Aaron Rodgers controls the relationship. Hackett's Hackett's got a leash on him, and Aaron Rodgers drags him around the sideline. That's all that is. And and he's not the coach. He's not the coach. You know what I mean? Like if he was the head coach. Then it would be a problem because then he's got to make decisions that Aaron Rodgers has no part of. That was what made Hackett so bad. It like I'm not saying Hackett's good at anything, but Hackett's not as bad as Adam Gase or Nagy. From from a perspective of if they're an offensive coordinator, Nagy's a disaster. If they're an offensive coordinator, Adam Gase is a monster. Just an absolute nightmare. Like nightmares at night. You go to bed screaming and yelling. You wake up and your missus looks over at you and you're like, Nagy! Nagy was calling plays for Brees Hall. Like, Gase and Nagy are awful as head coaches, awful as offensive coordinators. Hackett's a horrible head coach on the same level. But in the offensive coordinator role, if he's got Aaron Rodgers controlling things the way Aaron Rodgers does, that's the one thing that doesn't worry me so much. You know, I, I would be on board with this if he was a, the, the head coach. I would be like, even even as a head coach with Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers can only control so much. A head coach has to make all these top-level personnel decisions. Who does he start? Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be able to say, I want you to start this guy on defense or this guy. And So Hackett is going to be almost irrelevant. You know, think of, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kansas City offensive coordinator goes over to Washington. Uh, yeah, Bienemy. Yeah. yeah, it's like Hackett's Bienemy in KC. That's that's what that's what Hackett is in New York right now. He's Bienemy. He he basically raises his hand during the timeout and goes, "I found something on the film." Yes, go ahead, Hackett. It, it, they, when they line up with uh, a, a strong side, there's a potential opportunity. Thank you, Hackett. We'll we'll explore that. That's all it's going to be. <laughs> Hackett's, Hackett's more like, hey, I finally found realized how the how the uh, uh, play clock works. Yeah, that's all it's going to be. I I understand your concern, and Bruce, you have every reason to be a little concerned after what just happened in Denver with Hackett. Hackett was a disaster, but he's he's a very contained offensive coordinator that they brought in to lure in Aaron Rodgers, and it worked. It worked. And and we have a good track record with Hackett and Aaron Rodgers because of Rodgers, not Hackett. But, you know, I, I don't mind not you coming in with that angle, Bruce, because people are thinking it, so it's a very important thing to bring up. Well, yeah, I was thinking it. I was like, I got to ask Smitty because I was, like, terrified. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so Scorp wants to know how Smitty react if so. Let's let's uh, attack this real quick because it is a concern, and I said it at the top of the show, and I've yet to talk about it because I'm gonna talk about how good Christian Watson is. But there is a little risk right now. There is a little bit of risk that we need to talk about. If Green Bay goes JSN at 13 overall, 
moving from 15 to 13, which is a very wide receiver friendly territory. And and some might say, how ironic they address the wide receiver position the minute that Aaron Rodgers leaves. But you also could look at it from the perspective of this team was so confident in Aaron Rodgers turning a Watson into Watson, turning a Devontae Adams into Devontae Adams. If anybody thinks Devontae Adams was going to become what Devontae Adams became without Aaron Rodgers, they got another thing coming. Adams is who he is right now. And you can't take that away from him, just like Watson is who he is right now. But Adams was sculpted and molded by Aaron Rodgers. He would have been a top 10 wide receiver probably, but he would never have reached the heights he reached without Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers fast-tracked this guy, sculpted him, molded him. He does that. There's a reason Aaron Rodgers always has an elite, not a good, an elite wide receiver. Always. So if, let's say, JSN gets drafted to this Green Bay Packer roster to support the lesser quarterback, Jordan Love over Aaron Rodgers, it's not so much like they're trying to burn Aaron Rodgers by doing it. They're saying that, look, Aaron Rodgers could do anything with anybody. We could take a second-round wide receiver and be you know, amazing with it because of A-Rod. Now we've got to invest a little more heavily in wide receiver to groom Jordan Love. JSN would be needed in the Packers' mind to help groom Jordan Love. So if, let's say, JSN goes to Green Bay... I am a little down on Watson more so than normal, but my answer to what do we think about that if it happens, I mean, it's probably going to bump Watson's ADP down so much. Like, he's going to drop maybe two rounds. It might be one of those things where it happens, but we still like Watson because of the newfound ADP. You know what I'm saying? So if Watson's going in 4.4 to 4.7 territory right now, if JSN gets drafted into that Green Bay situation, he's probably a, Watson's probably a six-round pick. Don't you think, guys? Don't you think he'd plummet two rounds because people would be like, oh, crap. And, and, and rightly so, but that might be a good place to get Watson. It, it might be. We'll have to take it, play it by ear. I hope someone's going to get their parade rained on. Absolutely. Like this NFL draft, NFL draft always rains on a parade or two. And it might be dis- well, it might be Christian Watson that gets rained on. I hope not. I think it might be Dobbs. Well, I, I mean, of course, it, Dobbs's parade is going to get rained on. I'm saying, like, I don't want Watson to get. I don't want him to be the player that gets screwed out of the NFL draft situations. I in the landing spots. I want Green Bay to use the the 42 overall pick that they got from the New York Jets in the Aaron Rodgers trade to go get. Uh, Hyatt, who I don't think would threaten Watson like like uh, JSN would. Go get a Boutte. Go get a wide receiver in the second round range to help support Love, but Watson's still going to thrive with that wide receiver, whereas with JSN, I'd worry. I'd worry, uh, worry a lot, you know, enough to where I would also bump Watson down. But I think most people would bump him down more than I would, and so therefore he might still be a value. We'll have to see. Would you bump him down if they drafted a tight end instead of a receiver? No, 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 because tight ends, especially rookies, are going to pull in like in the best year of their rookie life if you're not Kyle Pitts, who had the best rookie season ever, even though people want to forget it and act like Kyle Pitts is garbage right now. Kyle Pitts had the best rookie season ever in the history of the NFL. And so... If you get a rookie like Kincaid in there, you get a rookie like Mayer in there, you get a rookie like Darnell Washington in there. Those are the top three rookie tight ends. 
those guys are getting 650 yards and six touchdowns. And I don't think that's going to take away from Watson's numbers at all. You know, could one of them be better than that? Maybe in a different situation, but with Jordan Love in a Packers uniform with Watson, with Aaron Jones, I think you're talking about a real, like an amazing season for one of those rookie tight ends would be 657, 100 yards, and six touchdowns. That would be a great rookie year. You know, and a lot of times these guys will get 403, 404, 405, 450, and five. Like 450 and five would make more sense than 730. You know, six. That's my telling you my highest absolute, you know, ceiling expectation. But like you're probably looking at four fifty and four, you know, and that's not gonna take much away. That would be a really good move, Bruce. And I, I think I'd rather have that. Like if they go get Kincaid or Mayer at thirteen, that's really solid for this team. That would be a really good move. I like that a lot. Uh Dylan. Guys, phone lines are open. Call into the show. Najee consistently was at round four when the big board uh, finished up. Najee was round four. Okay. Round four consistently. Yeah. And and here's the thing. If people are planning on um, doing underdog uh, the best ball after the draft, when they drop it, get in there, make plans, and, and get in there and draft soon. So you can get those values before the ADP goes crazy and you can't get those guys at those great values anymore. Yeah, uh, it'll be very interesting to see and it will happen right away. As soon as the draft's over, Bijan's going six, five, six, seven. I, I really believe that. Unless he goes to a crazy bad spot. Charbonnet's not going in round six anymore. As soon as the draft's over, Charbonnet's going in round five consistently. If you stop sending me these terrible fantasy football Wait, trade offers now. Some early underdog draft, you can still get the value before it goes away. Yeah. Yep. Hey, uh, Bruce, we're going to need another clip from, from your moms in a little while. Um, <laughs> like, a get, like a Get Charbonnet audio clip. You can't, like, walk the phone over to her and have her scream Get Charbonnet, can you? <laughs> no, she's not home. Okay. We're, I'm gonna need one of those from you. Get Charbonnet. You know this is Bru- for those that don't know. This is Bruce's mom. Get lamb. Oh no, that's not. <laughs> Sorry, Bruce. Hold on. <laughs> Get lamb. Where is it? Baked in boys. Here we go. Baked, 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 baked in boys. That's Brucey's mom. She's amazing. She's an absolute angel. She she's a legend on this show. <laughs> Appreciate you, Brucey. Bruce, your mom is a legend. You know that. You know that, though. Oh, yeah. 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 She's the best. Oh, uh, what does this do? You may have been. <laughs> but what does this do for Dylan and Aaron Jones? How, you know, do they are they dropping now? Are they finally going to drop? So? Uh, is Aaron Jones going to what? Is Aaron Jones going to what? Drop. Is his value going to drop? Because Rodgers isn't well. there. Um, I think, uh, no, I, I think it could, it could drop. Sure. But pro probably, probably won't. I think Jordan love needs him. I think Jordan love relies on him. The only thing that would concern me is that maybe Jordan love can't throw to the running back even remotely as close. We'll find out. We haven't had a big sample size of Jordan love. What we've seen has been pretty good though. And the fact that Jordan love and Watson had a touchdown strike together 
even though it was a very small sample size. It's encouraging. It's encouraging. So I'm feeling pretty, pretty, pretty good about the initial feeling and, and gut instinct I have for Watson and love connection. This love connection between the two. This love connection is going to be be a real a real nice long-term relationship, I think. Um, anyway. It's going to be like uh, Favre to Rogers, Rogers to love. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, by the way, I, I there's been a couple people that haven't been on the show lately, and I know some people vanished during the uh, during the off season and come back. Uh, I reached out to Vampy. Vampy's definitely you know swinging back around eventually. Some of these people you know vanished for a while. I'm like, where's Avatar? Where's Vamp? I'm looking on my door where I have a lot of your names written, and it's like, uh, where are some of these guys? You know, like Mark Cleveland. I got to get Mark Cleveland on the phone. I, you know, maybe I'm going to dial Mark Cleveland right now. Maybe I'll dial Mark Cleveland because he's on the on the text line. And I think uh, I think we need to see what he thinks of this Aaron Rodgers trade. So let me dial Mark Cleveland up. One of the benefits of of uh, said uh, of said text line, Mark Cleveland. Let's dial him up. We haven't heard you know his voice in a while. The boss. I'd like the boss to come back on Mark, and give his opinion. Mark, on- th- Mark, this is Smitty. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. We're just kind of wondering where you've been, Mark Cleveland. And we're, Hello, I've been working. we're, we're just a little worried about you. We've got the bat signal up for you. And uh, I just wanted to reach out. What do you think about the Aaron Rodgers trade real quick? I'll let you get back to work. But we do miss you. We do need you on the show. Please return soon. What do you think about Aaron Rodgers? It's pretty much officially kind of official. Yeah, I saw that today. Um, I hope it works out for him. They've got a lot of good receivers, and if he be accurate, it should be pretty good. I mean, he's got the talent to do it. Yeah. Get his head on right, you know. That's yeah. the main thing. Yeah, what do you think? Garrett, yeah. Garrett Wilson's going around 9-10 overall in, in drafts. Do you think – It's going to blow up this year. It's going to blow up. Yeah, give me a give me a stat line prediction and then drop the mic. We'll just let you go. But well, give me a stat prediction for Garrett Wilson. For Garrett Wilson? Yeah, for Garrett Wilson, drop it, Mark. Uh, he'd probably be around 100 catches, 1500 yards or so. Oh, I I, I erased it. I had it on the board. <laughs> yeah, I said about you know 1300 plus 100 catches. 12 plus touchdowns. I said, I said 100 catches, 1,500 is what I just guessed. Yeah, yep, no, no, 1,500 sounds good to me, Mark. Mark, call, uh, call in more often. Come back to the show. We miss you. This this doesn't feel right without you, all right? So get back here soon. I'm coming. I'm coming. All right. Y'all doing great. Yeah, we're doing great, Mark. We, we miss you, pal. Come back. I'm going to log in right now. I, I didn't even know y'all was on. I, I'm live Monday through Friday, Mark. We need you. I don't know. I was watching the heat. I was watching the Heat. All right. All right. I went and watched the Hawks and the Celtics. Celtics, my favorite team. We was a blast last night. Yeah. All right. Mark Cleveland, everybody. Mark, get back. Yeah. Appreciate you. Later, man. Man, you know, I I, I miss hearing Mark. Mark used to always call in. He used to always be in the chat. Um, Phone lines are open. Dial in. Steven from Massachusetts. You got anything else? Hello? Yeah. Um, what do you uh, What do you think about uh, Tyler uh, Coughlin? Do you, th- you think he's going to have any fantasy value with Aaron Rodgers there? Maybe, maybe. 
Uh, part of me wonders if they, you know, make another move. Part of me, part of me wonders, like, hey, we're talking about the Green Bay Packers, you know, on Brucey's recommendation, using this number 13 overall pick on a tight end. What if the New York Jets went after one of these monster top three tight ends? Does anybody think that would be a, a, an amazing move for the Green Bay Packers? Give Aaron Rodgers a tight end like Mayer or Kincaid? Like, that would be unbelievable. I don't know that I would love that. Uh, a, you know, I guess, like, same thing with Watson. I don't think it affects too much because it's like a 450, 500 rookie season. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think it might, it might even open up Garrett Wilson a little bit, you know, to have a, a mayor running across the middle of the field. This guy's like a, he's an absolute tank. Um, and if it's Kincaid, he's more of a, 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 you know, knifing through the defense wide receiver slash tight end specialist. So they're very different tight ends, very different games. But Aaron Rodgers would do well with Mayer. That would be a perfect tight end for Aaron Rodgers. Just a guy, guy breaking off a, a you know a blocking assignment and just scrambling into the middle of the field, catching a football and just dragging people 15, 20 yards. Garrett Wilson, the next play, stretching the field. Uh, Brees Hall just has open lane after open lane. Uh, even if Brees Hall's struggling a little bit with his knee, he's going to look like James Robinson in the open field no matter what. It's just going to be a wide open rushing touchdown no matter what Brees Hall looks like. But Brees Hall will be healthy. I'm just saying, Brees Hall, if Mayer or Kincaid or Darnell Washington is in Green Bay, or it's Green Bay, in New York, I mean, Hall's got open lanes for days. And who here believes that this guy, Aaron Rodgers, is going to turn Brees Hall into Aaron Jones in terms of receiving the football. He's got it, right? Like, Brees Hall's got to have 400, 350, 400 receiving yards, 40-plus, 40 45 reception-plus type of season, three or four receiving touchdowns. I mean, that's what Aaron Jones did. That's what Aaron Jones did. Mark Cleveland dropping a, a $10 hauler. Mark Cleveland, appreciate you. Great show, Smitty. <laughs> he just showed up. Mark, get back here more often. No excuse. We miss you. Uh, look at the look at the stat line for Aaron Jones. 395, five touchdowns last year, 59 receptions. I think Aaron Jones, uh, or Brees Hall, the new Aaron Jones, Brees Hall has a 40-plus receiving reception season with about 355 to 400 and about three touchdowns receiving. What do you guys think on that? Uh, it all depends on how Rodgers, you know, he might just want Hall to pound the ball. You know, he might like Michael Carter-Williams. to Bruce is a little back. We don't, Bruce personally, is a little we don't down know what Rodgers is going to like when, until, like, I say mini camp, training camp, we'll see. It's a little down. A feel for how Rodgers feels with these guys. Mm-hmm. Personally. Mm-hmm. Little, you're a little wait and see on Aaron Rodgers, I sense, Bruce. Which is fine. It's fine. I, I totally get it. I totally get it. Uh, Ron Navy, what are you thinking? What am I thinking? Uh, on, um, on Brees Hall's receiving production. Yeah, I, I, I think... Uh, yeah, I think Bruce is right. I think, you know, we got to kind of wait and see how Rodgers connects with these guys. It's a whole new crew for him. But I think it'll all work out. And, and Bree, as long as he doesn't have 
any uh, hitch in his giddy up, I think uh, to the moon again this year for him. Yeah. Um, and you know what, Smitty, this is why you have the best show out there of anybody. No other host. What other host is going to call somebody that hasn't seen been seen on the show for a while and check up on them in the middle of the show and and find out what they're doing and why they haven't been there? What, yeah, I, well, where else do you get I, that? You get I don't, that with you. That's why you're special. I yelled That's at him though. You're special, bro. I did. Uh, thank you, but I yelled at no, him. No, but, but but yeah, but that is why you're special. Mark, you call up in the middle. Hey, where have you been? Mark, get in here, Mark. Mark, I mean, get that's in. That's why we're a family. Mark, get in here. And drop a super chat. A <laughs> I called him. I called him and initiated a ten dollars super chat. You know, look, could look selfish actually. Probably looks. This was a bad look for me. This is a bad look for me. Haven't seen Mark super chat in a while. <laughs> Mark comes in, drops a ten dollar holler. No, no. I mean, no. Mark was like, I think Mark was like, maybe feel guilty because he missed your show and didn't come in. So he gave me he did the super chat to make up for it. But Mark Mark's always been a great part of the show. But same with Vamp, same with you know, there's a lot of people we haven't seen lately. Bella, check yourself is on the phone live. Bella, check yourself. What can I do for you? How you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. I had to call in as soon as I heard Ron say what he said. I thought that was amazing too. I have never seeing somebody just call somebody like, hey, where you been? You know, uh, we miss you on the show. I mean, that's, that takes real dedication, and it was just awesome. Man, I was you guys are making me blush. I was like, okay. is crazy. He's crazy. I appreciate that. Uh, what do you th- what do you think yeah, about awesome, the? Man. Thank you. What do you think about this trade, Belichick? Yourself. What do you think about Aaron Rodgers? How do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to develop this guy Garrett Wilson? How do you think Brees Hall is going to rumble and stumble and catch and run and scramble and score in this Aaron Rodgers led attack? And what's what? What are the Jets going to do this year? Mark still being here. a big Patriots fan. You know, what I mean, it, it kills me for my soul to say this, but. I think it's to the moon for that whole team, man. That defense is amazing. Uh, I mean, Brees Hall, look what he did uh, last year. I know he had the knee injury, but I'm not worried about that. The kid is, what, in his 20s, early 20s, he'll be fine. Yeah, he can't even run a car. Look what Garrett Wilson did with the worst quarterback in the league last year. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's just to the moon for these guys. I think Garrett Wilson, at least 1,300. 11 touchdowns, yeah. 100 receptions. I want to make it abundantly clear because some people took my Garrett Wilson Alave comparison like I'm down on Garrett Wilson. I'm not down on Garrett Wilson at all. I was just merely pointing out that Alave still has what Garrett Wilson used to have. You know what I mean? Like me saying Garrett exactly, Wilson, yeah. me saying Garrett Wilson unfortunately is climbing to the to the end of the road for where it's like he's gonna do really well and we're gonna potentially you know, he's going to assist us in winning a league. Garrett Wilson is still going to assist a lot of people in winning a league, but he might not single-handedly win you a league like Alave could from round three, a Walker could from round two. But yeah, he's I, going too high. Alave is in a perfect spot. That's perfect. a league territory. That's right where there. Garrett Wilson was. But, it but was, I, but now, it's, it's now still that er- Rodgers is there, that it's just going to get higher. It's still deserving. Is still very, very much deserving, and Garrett Wilson is still a guy I want to own. As you know, as we dropped here, um, D class says, "Is this caller calling from New York?" Bella, check yourself. Where are you calling from? I don't know what why that's uh, relevant. Connecticut, where we don't have underdog. Oh, uh, 
Um, well, we do have the bad, we do have the uh, we do have the mock drafts that we do in in unison. But yeah, this Alave value that we we mapped out here, third round win a league smash, win a league smash. Ron Navy dropping a super chat. Ron Navy says nobody, nobody likes Smitty Best Show bar none. Appreciate you. Thank you, Ron Navy. Let's drop some some cash money. I gotta get a hold of my brother and get him to fix the rain machine. I'm not giving up on it because what he did the last the last time it was unbelievable. I need him. I need him to put in like a car battery and a and a motor. <laughs> Thank you, Ron Navy. Appreciate you, Ron Navy, dropping that. Um, I know. Wouldn't it be sweet if I had if I had this thing? Where where is it? Where is it? Wouldn't it be sweet if I had this thing with like a wire that went to like a battery right here? And it was like just shot it out. Like it's already going at thirty bills a second. It, it shoots out thirty bills a second off of this new battery uh, makeshift thing that my brother did. Terry Roberts dropping a super. Uh, appreciate you, Terry. He says, Mark Cleveland. We love seeing Mark Cleveland in here. I'm not going to lie. Um, no reason, Smitty. I just love New York speak. Okay. Uh, D-Class, I didn't mean that in negative. I can't just wait to uh, get a double fister. Yeah. I, was, I got one for you. I can't wait to see <clears throat> And it might be bad. Double fister? Wait, hold we, on. What, we, what, Ron? What about a double fister? I can't wait till you get two of the money guns. Double fister. Yeah, I should. I, oh, I yeah. should. I, you know what I should do? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna get a holster, and I'm gonna have one of those holsters on with these two sitting in my, you know, and just sitting here all day, all show long. Just a holster of these, these, these uh, money machines is sitting right here. Like a cowboy. Yeah. Uh, uh, real quickly. I can't, can't wait. Real quickly, I need to go mm. over to Jake, the snake, then over to George from the Bay, then back to Bella. Check yourself. Um, and AC says, am I tripping or are we overlooking an ACL tear? He has an ACL tear. Hold on. AC said that Brees Hall is an ACL tear. Alert. Alert. Panic mode initiated. An ACL tear. Brees Hall is an ACL tear, everyone. I'm just kidding with the AC. <laughs> That's news to me. Jake the Snake, what can I do for you, pal? First of all, appreciate being part of this great community. I, I love what you got going on here and checking in on your friends. That's really cool, Smitty. I appreciate that. You appreciate Secondly, what? Can you appreciate what? Send, what was the last part you I, said? I appreciate you you sending sending love to your friend Mark. That was so cool. Yeah, Mark is Secondly, uh, legend. Breeze Hall to the moon. Can we send Breeze Hall to the moon real quick? <clears throat> to the moon. Get breezed. This man is going to explode. I'm actually excited for Aaron Rodgers to be there for Breeze Hall because I think his rushing production isn't hampered by someone who can vulture it from him. Breeze Hall's rushing production is going to be even better than it would have been with someone like Lamar. Yeah. And uh, I like this landing spot for Rodgers. I mean, how can you not? The only thing I, I like more for the Jets with in terms of Lamar is the longevity. Like, I, I I would hate to see this team full of monsters coming off a nice year, whether they lose or not, you know. They, I mean, they're still going to do really well. I'd hate to see Aaron Rodgers be like, okay, I'm going to decide in June whether I'm coming back. <laughs> and the Jets are like, oh, no. And, and we know that's probably going to happen. Unless he has so, so much fun, he's like, I'm coming back, and he does it early. That wouldn't shock me. 
Uh, Stephen from Massachusetts dropped off. Stephen, call back if you want. Appreciate you, buddy. Uh, I think uh, I am a little worried about what's next after Aaron Rodgers leaves. And if he, he stays one year, you know, that's going to suck because then what happens? We're back to square one. But maybe it becomes such a great landing spot because they did they do so well under Aaron Rodgers' command that it's an easy, you know, uh, an easy, attractive place to go. And who knows? Every offseason, there's quarterback potential movement. So who knows what's in store? You kind of got to take it year to year in the NFL. And Aaron Rodgers could stay two years. So um, six-hour live stream Thursday. That's right, Terry Roberts. Guys, I'll be live for six hours straight on Thursday. We're going to kick off the 7 p.m. show. He might longer. He could. We're kicking off the 7 p.m. show at the normal time, 7 p.m., and we're going through to about midnight Eastern. So the same time, same bat time, same bat channel on Thursday, and then we take it into midnight Eastern. Okay, so it's going to be an amazing Thursday night. Uh, let's go over real quickly to... Uh, man, who were we just talking to? Jake? Jake dropped off. Uh, George from the Bay. Smitty, what up? Yo. Man, I just got off work and I saw the news. This is crazy. I mean, we all kind of knew that this was going to happen eventually, but this is such big news for the Jets. I think that they're to the moon as a team. Uh, I mean, top top three, top four defense. Now you add Aaron Rodgers. I mean, dude, are they the front runner for the AFC East? I mean, what do you think? Well, I mean, we, we broke this down a little earlier. I think it's it's very – it's such a tough um, – a tough thing to let, let me put this on screen right here, or let, let's go to let's go to the table board. Let's go to the board and break it down. So if if we're gonna break down the divisions and try and talk about the AFC versus the NFC, so in the AFC, let me see if you can see this. The AFC, we have the Eagles. Or I'm sorry, the, the NFC. We have the Eagles. We'll go Philly clinching the division. Okay. And then we got doubt. We got. I'm gonna put over here in the corner. I'm gonna put. This is blurry. I'm gonna put all the wild card contenders. In my opinion, this is my opinion. I could be wrong, but the New York Giants, the Dallas Cowboys, so far. So division winner. Um, we're starting in the in the NFC. We'll go. I'm I'm putting Chicago as the division winner personally in the North, and then I'm gonna put the Lions over here as a wild card. I want to put the Green Bay Packers. I still think they'll be in the mix. The Minnesota Vikings. This is a lot of wild card contenders so far. Why is this not clear? Hold on. There. So we got a lot of wild card. This camera's freaking out. We got a lot of wild card contenders here. So then we have um, we have the Saints. This is a weak South, man. Who knows who's going to crawl to the finish here? I think the New Orleans Saints will. I think that Carr's going to fix this situation temporarily. My camera is jacked up. Okay, so we got the same. I got nobody else from the South. Tampa Bay Bucks, no. Carolina Panthers, no. The Falcons, if they get Lamar, sure. But until that point, I'm not banking on that whatsoever. The NFC West is going to be the San Francisco 49ers. However, the Seattle Seahawks are going to definitely give them a run for their money. And they're in the wild card race. Look at these teams. One, two, three, four, five, six wild card contending squads and you could say the Rams I know a lot of people are completely writing them off but the Rams could be in the mix so there there's the NFC 
And if we take it to the AFC, and the reason I did the NFC first is I wanted to show you how deep the wild card hunt is going to be. In the East, the AFC East, in my opinion, it's Buffalo. But the Jets and the Dolphins are going to be in a dogfight to try and take out the Bills. If any injuries happen to Buffalo, then I think the Jets win the AFC East. Um, but the New York Jets are definitely, you know, one of, if not the top contending wildcard team, potentially, in my opinion. Uh, the Miami Dolphins are, if they get Lamar, they're potentially a division winner. So they go from a division winner, from a wildcard fighter to a division winner if they get Lamar. Um, the Patriots, I mean, I'm not going to put the, the Patriots are kind of like a question mark. I think they deserve to be talked about, but we might put an X through them in a minute. The Bengals, I think, clinched the division uh, there. My yeah, the Bengals clinched this division, and Ron and Avi and I have a big whopping bet. Ron's going to super chat $766 if the Steelers, or if the Bengals win the division. Ron, Ron's putting his balls on the line. If there's anybody that's got massive cojones, it's Ron Navy. Ron Navy is going to literally wheelbarrow them in and put them on the table if this, you know, or he already did. And if the if the if the Bengals win the division, he's dropping a seven hundred and sixty six dollars super chat. So the Bengals, I think, clinched the division, and I'm I'm happy that day. Uh, and the Baltimore Ravens. I think are are potentially in the mix with Lamar. If they don't have Lamar, then we would put an, uh, a line through them. But I would say the Baltimore Ravens are still a wild card ten- contender as of this moment with Lamar. I think that they ultimately fall short because that's what Baltimore does. They don't support them. The Pittsburgh Steelers are clearly a wild card contender. Ron, don't worry. Cleveland Browns, uh, I think, are in the mix. I, I put them as the least likely of all these teams that I'm dropping, though. The Jaguars win the division. And that one's not even close. The Titans are garbage. The Colts are too... They're a Lamar Jackson away, but I don't know that they're going to get Lamar Jackson. They're going to bring in probably a rookie. They're not going to win, you know, 10 games or something like that. The Texans are a year away, but they're going to start looking like the Lions looked last year. Almost a a playoff contender, but not quite, but building and and looking good. So the South is the Jaguars. They smash it. Uh, And then the final spot in the AFC West, which is uh, a very competitive... Division, we'll, we'll just put the, the Chiefs. I think they, they deserve that in the AFC West. But the Chargers, um, LA Chargers, uh, the, I guess the Denver Broncos. I just, I want to see it first. The Raiders, I'm not putting on here. I personally don't think the Cleveland Browns are going to, are going to, you know, be as, as big a contenders as these other options. And I don't think the New England Patriots will as well. So at the end of the day, I've got, I've got the Jets, the Dolphins, the Steelers, the Chargers, maybe the Denver Broncos, but I'm even going to put a line through them and say that these are the most competitive four teams for this, these three division or these three wild card spots. So to answer your question, ultimately, and I could be way wrong on a lot of this, of course, uh, no one ever guesses this stuff, you know, even 80% accurately, um, because teams change. The NFL drafts coming, pay, players get hurt. But I would say Buffalo still clinches, but the Jets are totally in the mix. If I had to to grab the wild card teams, I would say the Miami Dolphins, the New York Jets, and then it's up for grabs between the Steelers and the Chargers. All depends on what Herbert gets fed in this NFL draft. If he gets a JSN, he gets a, uh, a DeAndre Hopkins 
and then let's say they trade Eckler away, they bring in Bijan. As long as they replace Eckler with Gibbs or Bijan, but they get a Hopkins, they're in the mix. If they don't go get a wide receiver like JSN, Zay Flowers, Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison, and they roll in with no tight end upgrade, like one of these big three tight ends, no wide receiver upgrade, just Austin Eckler and two wide receivers that probably will play three or four, five, six games together because they're going to be injured the entire time. I can't in good conscience put the Chargers in that third wildcard spot. And it's no disrespect to Herbert. It's more about the organization. It doesn't feel like it's guiding the ship well, similar to how Baltimore wasn't guiding it well with the Lamar Jackson situation. I feel very similar about the Chargers situation. And unfortunately, that's why we saw Herbert fall flat last year. It wasn't because of him. It was because of his organization. So a lot depends on that. As of now, Ron Navy Steelers will probably be the lead dog uh, out of every team here because they've got defense. They've got offensive weapons. And if Pickett is good, it doesn't have to be great if he's good. This is going to be a tough team. It'll be the tougher. It'll be the non-sexy, no offense, Ron, but the non-sexy team that grabs a wild card spot here. Uh, but but I think really, really, I, I would think really long and hard about the Chargers grabbing the spot if they do support Herbert. Well, that's that's my that's my my prediction there. Yeah, I'm wondering if the Chargers actually do trade Eckler if they hold on to him. What do you, what do you think about that? Hmm. I think they want to trade him, but I think they're torn between trying to win now and and trying to rebuild properly. I think that maybe this is a situation where he gets traded on draft day. This could be we could have one huge monstrous draft day trade. I hope we do. And that could be wow. that, that could be contingent on what they what who lands at 21. Like Jameer Gibbs, there was a report out uh a report out couple reports out yesterday and today that I was going to lead with before this Aaron Rodgers situation and talk about Gibbs, but I'll have to do a video tonight on Gibbs. I'll do a separate, maybe, maybe a premiere, maybe a live stream, maybe just drop a, 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 you know, a premiere video, but Gibbs is arguably on a handful of teams, number one draft slot. Like he's in a lot of teams, number one running back draft slot, meaning they like Gibbs over Bijan. Some of that can be, wow fit you know team fit but but that's that you know what that's great news nobody should be concerned about that laughing about that or or, you know whatever that's a good news because there is a concern that Gibbs is too small um and I think some teams feel that way some teams don't and if Gibbs falls into a well we'll just take him situation then that team may not believe in him as a full down uh, a full-time every down back and you might say He's to yourself, well, why, why, catcher, yeah, but you might say to yourself, why would they draft him if they don't believe he's an every down back? Why did Javante Williams get drafted and for two year, for a year and you know some change not get used as a full time back? It happens based on that lack of draft capital. It's not a high investment. You're willing to grab them because they have a bunch of good skills. We don't want Gibbs going to a cloudy situation with a coaching staff that says, eh. He's probably pretty good catching the football. We'll ease him in. You want somebody going, we traded up for this kid. He's the next Alvin Kamara. We're going to workhorse this kid. We're going to give him the hybrid workhorse treatment. And the fact that four or five teams, three or four teams at least, from what I'm hearing, think that Gibbs is better than Bijan Robinson, 
fantastic news because we want one of those teams to reach. One of those teams could be the Chargers. They could be replacing Austin Eckler. And if I had to predict a wild draft day trade, let's say the Chargers on the clock take Jameer Gibbs or maybe they trade Eckler away right before. But that would make some sense to replace Eckler with that Gibbs pick and then use that Eckler second rounder to bring in Darnell Washington, you know, and give Herbert a weapon. That's kind of what I would do if I was in charge of the situation. Yeah, my, my take on the Jameer Gibbs is I think he's super explosive. He's like a home run threat, a dynamic playmaker. If he goes to the right spot, like he's going to probably be better than Bijan his first couple of years. But Bijan just reminds me of like, the most elusive back that I've seen in a while, like a, a Barry Sanders. You know, he's got these stop cuts, these uh, agility moves that smooth. Like, I haven't seen in a while. Smooth. Ladanian Tomlinson smooth is the way I like to describe Bijan. He's a mix between Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, with a little bit of Ladanian Tomlinson smoothness. And Ladanian Tomlinson, yeah. if anybody doesn't remember or wasn't here for that, is is it would be like a... It would be like a a hot you know hop step, just real smooth, uh, decisive uh, uh, move, clear, clean, and and he would just basically players would just roll off him like butter, and he'd slowly come to a stop. And it's like he put himself in a position to not get injured um, because of his running style was so effectively like consuming the space through almost like an ocean of waves. And then he'd come down and, and, and not get like hit and take these you know, aggressive, crazy like hits. I just he was a perfect he was a perfect running back. Ladanian Thomason was the perfect running back. And Bijan, I haven't seen a running back come out of college that I could say in a while. Like Walker was close, Brees Hall was close, but those guys were like good at different things. Like Brees Hall, I, I don't know if you remember my rookie running back breakdown videos and all the stuff I talked about. But Brees Hall, I would describe as that guy. He's different than Walker. He's like one cut, two cuts. He could do the two cut thing. It wasn't just one cut and go. But it was like once he decided on his path, he was off to the races. And if you caught him, you caught him. If you didn't, you didn't. Whereas Walker, Walker will be off to the races. And as you're catching him, he'll stop, allow you to like pass him, go that way. He's like Forrest Gump all over the field. You know, remember Forrest Gump? He'd do a total right angle turn, run that way, <laughs> right angle turn. That's Walker. Walker's yeah. all over the field. And so they had different characteristics, had different qualities. Uh, Bijan is the guy that just has everything. That's what LT had. And it doesn't mean Walker can't be better than him. It doesn't mean Hall can't be better than him. But he is the most polished, looks like Ladanian Tomlinson runner I've seen come out since Barkley. And maybe even looks better than Barkley looked coming out of college. Maybe even looks better than AP coming out of college. And if people think, oh, Adrian Peterson, you just blasphemy, Smitty. The half of the fantasy industry, I remember because there were not a lot of content creators back when Adrian Peterson was coming out. I was doing this not from a video perspective, but from a content creation radio perspective full-time. Because I've done this full-time. Um, and I just wasn't into, I wasn't, you know, a video content producer then. But... I, I'll tell you right now, half of the fantasy industry, they were divided on Adrian Peterson. He's too upright. He's going to get injured. His style won't translate to the NFL. It was crazy that, that half of the world hated Adrian Peterson at the NFL level. And so you could say Bijan's 
much more widely accepted than Adrian Peterson ever was coming out of college. So many people doubted AP. Bijan is the next LT. He just needs to go to the right situation, which he probably almost certainly will. It's the only situations I can envision not loving, like not absolutely like convincing myself I love. Remember when Walker, Kenneth Walker went to Seattle? My initial reaction was, oh no. And it took me like one hour. And I was like, you know what? This is pretty good. Like this is actually a pretty good situation. But my, my reaction at first was, I don't know if I like this. I don't know if I like this situation. I don't know if this is where I want him to be. I had to digest it. I didn't like the offense as much. I didn't like Geno Smith yet. And so the only time I'm, I think I'm going to have that reaction with the landing spot for Bijan would be if he went to Tennessee, even if they trade Derrick Henry, I just don't look like that offense at all. But they build around him. It would, it would be a slower rookie year than I would want. Still a good one. But maybe he's not the number one overall running back in fantasy, you know, in totality his rookie year. I also don't like New England because you got an amazing Ramondre Stevenson there, and you got a coach that's that's gonna. You just can't predict him, and and you don't want a bad offense with bad quarterback play and no wide receivers. So New England and Tennessee are kind of my panic chamber landing spots for Bijan, where I don't think he goes there. But if he did. I'd freak out a little bit, like it, at least in terms of my expectation level, but not where I don't love him, don't draft him, don't believe in the future of Bijan. But Bijan, I'm very much hoping is the number one overall running back in 2023. And there's only one or two spots that make me feel like that can't happen. Um, let's go to uh, Bella. Check yourself. You got anything else? Yeah, now nah, I was just listening to you and agreeing on what you were saying. But um, I was actually the other day, I was, uh, I like to like go and listen to other analysts and just like to compare your information with theirs. And I see your boy Peanut Butter and Waivers over there on the flock. I don't know if you know, I guess his name is Colin or whatever. And um, long story short, so he's going to draft, he's going to be on the red carpet. And his, I guess his flock nation had like voted him on for that. So I wanted to say to our family, our nation, our you know, our group chat and our committee to see if we can get you there. I want to get you there next year. I want you to be on the red carpet interviewing these rookies coming into the NFL. I pr- I appreciate that. You're I mean, the best out here doing that. Yeah, I pr- I, mean, I, pre- I just think you're the best out here. Given you know, I watch these other guys and they don't even hold a candle to you, man. They can't it- even hold your jock strap, man. I- I appreciate that. Um, you know, part of me doesn't know that I even want to go do some of these things that you're describing. Not because it wouldn't be fun. Not because, like, I, I know, I, I I like doing what I do. I think you'd be great, man. R- I think you'd be great, man. I think you're awesome. For I, I I appreciate that, but that takes away from the show. You know, like like so so part of me part of me doesn't even like even when I went to the the NFL Super Bowl. Like it took away, like I didn't have, it took away all my time. I was walking down there, walking around, doing all these different things. I went live. It wasn't even a good live stream because uh, the, they were clearing out things. They were moving stuff behind me. I ended up having to cut my live stream short. I thought I was going to live stream all day there. It's like, I don't know. I love being in my studio. And, and I, you know, even if someone said, hey, Smitty, you want to come out here for a whole week and talk to players? I probably would do it. I probably would do it. But at the end of the day, I don't know that I want to do it. It's like, I don't want to leave my studio. Call me a hermit. Call me whatever you want. But I feel feel like I belong here. 
and I appreciate that. And may, maybe we will. What what I ultimately want to do, bro, is is we'll eventually have players coming on here as we get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, we have a couple things lined up in the in the off season here coming up. I'm hoping to get Scott Hansen from the NFL Red Zone on here in the next week or two. Uh, I think nice. right after the draft, he'll probably come on. So we'll we'll bring on some people here, and, and as we get bigger, we'll we'll get a little bit bigger reach. Matthew Barry's been on here a lot. Um, we'll probably try and get him on again later this year. But you know, I, my whole goal is to to grow this thing from the studio. But I appreciate that. And and yeah, I you just know, want to get you to like the highest level of your profession, man. You yeah. deserve it. I think you work harder than. I appreciate that. But this is where I want it to be, though. This is where I want... Like, a lot of people think I want to be on ESPN. Let's get Smitty on ESPN. I don't. This is where I want to be. I want to grow this show, this specific show, to the highest level it can get to in my studio. You know what I mean? So, like, we'll we'll get there. I I appreciate what you're saying, and and I probably, like I said, if I was invited to go interview players, I probably would do it. But I probably would rather be here. I would do it, but I'd rather be here. So we'll be fine. But yes, uh, Scott Hansen is coming on. Bring on Chris Hansen. We could bring on Chris. What if we brought Chris Hansen and Scott Hansen on at the same time? Um, a lot of people, a lot of people mix up Chris Hansen. You know, the catch a predator guy. <laughs> they always, make, they always call him Chris Hansen. He's like, I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. Uh, but no, Scott Hansen will come on. We we love Scott Hansen. You know, seven hours of commercial free football start now. That guy, he's amazing. Um, he comes on here. So I, I just I, I just wanted to say one more thing, and I, I wanted to get your information. I know we talked about this before on the show before, but like I need I need my Patriots to make moves, man. I'm getting just nervous and just absolutely petrified of this season coming up. And petrified, Peter. I, we need to do something, man. We need you, to do something. You're a petrified, I don't Peter. Know, like what do you? Yeah, you, yeah, you, Petrified Peter, man. Yeah, you know, you know what you need to do. Like, I can give you the blueprint. You would win. You would potentially be a division-winning contender. You would grab for sure, for certain. You would grab one of these wild card spots right here on this on this screen right here. You would grab one of these wild card spots. I've I've, I've draw I've, I drew a line through your New England Patriots right here. No offense, Ron, or maybe the Dolphins, Ron. Okay, we'll keep for Ron's sake. We'll keep the Pittsburgh Steelers in the wild card spot. The Miami Dolphins get knocked off in their own division because it makes sense. They're beating each other up, right? Um, it's hard for three teams in the same division to, to make the playoffs because they're they're beating each other up, and it's, it's tough. So we'll say the Miami Dolphins are out. The Pittsburgh Steelers are in. Ron Navy's celebrating. Uh, the Bengals still win the division, so I'm celebrating. But the New England Patriots grab at least the third wildcard spot, and you're guaranteed a playoff berth if you go... Get Lamar Jackson. And additionally, uh, no, additionally, you make one wide receiver move, whether that's drafting a wide receiver like Hyatt, you just, you know, you draft him, you reach for him, whatever, or you trade for DeAndre Hopkins, which is the easiest, cheapest, uh, short-term solution that you could find. If you got Lamar and Hopkins... That's it, bro. You are a playoff contending team that could potentially win the Super Bowl. Like, I wouldn't have you as my Super Bowl pick, but someone would be crazy to say that the New England Patriots with Lamar and Hopkins and Ramondre Stevenson and Bill Belichick, who you could say is dropping off or not, it's just he hasn't had a quarterback. I think if you gave him Lamar, who's fit the bill for, no pun intended, part of Bill's career with the 
the Cam Newton project. He could work with Lamar. He's just so stubborn, man. He's just so stubborn. I just, I don't get it. Like, if we see this, I mean, we're, we're, we're more than the, 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 than I would say casual fans. Like, we, we love the, the game. We love the sport. Like, if we see this every day, like, he, they have to see this. They have to know. You know what I mean? It's like we out here, you know? We see it every, like, make the effort. Make some moves to make this work. This division is getting rough and tough every day, man. It's scary. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Hopefully, Great. hopefully you guys make the right move. I mean, you uh, you could also say this though. This is something I could envision happening. It's not going to help you right now though, unfortunately. So, uh, this isn't like probably what you want to hear. But the New England Patriots at fourteen. If you go after Hendon Hooker, I mean, maybe maybe by midseason he comes he comes in in midseason and that maybe helps you for twenty twenty four. I I don't know that you guys can compete for a wild card spot, let alone a division win at all, especially with this division, bro. You're talking about the toughest, one of the toughest, if not the toughest division in football. There's exactly. just no, there's no path for you unless you get Lamar Jackson. But if you get Lamar, you're in the mix right away. You got, you got a, you got a fast pass right to a NFC or to a AFC wild card seating. You walk right in, you got a fast pass. But, but the question is, why are these teams dragging their feet on Lamar? My answer is simple. This is my answer. I don't know if I'm going to be correct on it. And if I'm wrong on it, I'm going to be baffled. But my answer as to why teams aren't going after Lamar right now is the same thing I've said for over a month or two now, is they're waiting for the draft to be over. Because the teams that need Lamar, the teams that might want Lamar, are sitting in this like 7 to or uh, even 6 to 21 or to to uh to to 19 territory 6 to 19 overall that's where they're sitting these teams at 1 through 5 are going to get the rookie quarterbacks okay so those teams aren't interested in Lamar the teams that are interested in Lamar have very nice draft picks in 2023 that they don't want to surrender in the offer sheet process where you have to give your 2023 first and your 2024 first for Lamar Jackson in the offer sheet. They're going to wait until the draft's over. Now, all of a sudden, you're giving up a 24 first-rounder and a 25 first-rounder in the offer sheet process for Lamar. And guess what you're doing? You're giving up a future first-rounder that you haven't... It hasn't been decided what it is. And with Lamar Jackson, in your mind, you're guaranteed to make that a late first-round pick. So teams are saying, why give up a 14 if you're New, New England or you're Atlanta at 8? Why give up this pick when we can just wait patiently because no one's taking a bite at the Lamar Jackson situation at all. Let's wait patiently, use the 8 pick, use the 14 pick, get Quinton Johnston, bro. Go get Quinton Johnston, go get Jordan Addison at 14, and then once the draft is over, you put the offer sheet down on Lamar Jackson's doorstep. His mom opens the door in the morning because that's where they're hanging out in the kitchen. She sees it sitting there. Curry, you curry it over. And there it is. You pick up the offer sheet. It's $155 million fully guaranteed for three years. Lamar Jackson signs it. They send it over to the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens look at it and go, 150. we're not paying that. 
Huntley, get fire up Huntley. Huntley's getting ready. They they say what we we reject it. Then the New England Patriots send their 24 first rounder, their 25 first rounder to the Baltimore Ravens. They send Lamar Jackson over with this new contract. Now the now the New England Patriots have Quinton Johnston at wide receiver at 14 and Lamar Jackson. Now you're a contender. It's simple. Yeah. I don't know what teams are doing, to be honest with you, and that's what they're probably doing. If, Me neither. If they're smart, they're they're waiting to use the 24 and 25 draft capital. If we get out of the NFL draft and on the other side of the curtain and there's one team or no team going after Lamar Jackson, I'm scratching my head, baffled, just absolutely baffled. Uh, let's go to Ron Navy real quick. Yeah, I um, <laughs> I uh, I guess I'm not going to comment on the on the Pittsburgh. I mean, you got your opinion. I already put my money where my mouth is. So you did. You, you did. know, I already disagreed. You wheel so. you wheelbarrowed your balls into the studio and put them right on the on the yeah. on the studio table. That's for sure. Dang right. So it's going to be nice. I like it when people don't like believe in the Steelers because that's when they do their best work. For sure. I, look, Ron, you got it. They, they got a chance for sure. I mean, I, I I think I respected them pretty well. Like I, I maybe a moment there when I said let's yeah. take them out. Oh wait, never mind. We'll take the. But like I'm I'm giving them a, a wild card. I mean, you love the Bengals, and that's understandable. I understand that. I got so them right that's here. That's why we made the bet. Yeah, I got them right here. They, look, they got a real. Um, it's all on picket. I think. Like New England, they I mean, the day Brady left is the day New England went down to, back down to earth and they just got to rebuild. I mean, there's no getting around it. So I think they're two to three years out before they're really getting to where they need to be. But here's what I think. I think the Eagles really want the uh, Bijan. And I think that I wouldn't be surprised if a team like Atlanta blocks them from getting them at 10 and takes Bijan ahead of them simply to keep the Eagles from getting Bijan. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly possible. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I, re I really, really hope that Bijan goes inside this top 10 uh, for a plethora of reasons. One being that draft capital guarantees that the team is all about him. Like, they're all about him from top to bottom, rushing, receiving. They're going to work on his pass. Like, he's not going to be, like, shoved aside because of lack of pass blocking in that offense or something like that. So, like, going early is so critical and crucial. But, like, specifically, I love the spots the most, too. So, for me, I feel like, uh, you know, Chicago, the Eagles, and the Falcons are the best landing spots for him. Um, the Bengals and Bills, obviously, I love those spots as well. But the Eagles, uh, the Falcons, and the Bears, ironically, are the three best landing spots on top of being in those high draft capital situations. So it's a, it's a, it's like a, a double, you know, advantage of going at eight, nine, or ten. I hate it for Algier. I get it, but look, Atlanta, they've got a nice offense. Um, and so I, I think it's a it's a real good situation. It's a real good situation if he lands in one of those three locations. My prediction for draft day would you what? Algier was used. I mean, they're not gonna keep Bijan down there and they turned Algier into like a 
passing that maybe. Yeah. Because uh, what's his not getting any younger? He's what thirty one now. Here, here's oh, Cordell. Yeah, here's my prediction. Yeah. Here's my prediction for the draft. If anybody wants to drop their predictions, um, I'm gonna say so. Chicago, Philly, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Atlanta. Um, Bijan. Gibbs and Charbonnet. My prediction is that two of these guys, hopefully three, but two of these guys land in one of the, you know, each land in one of these locations. That would be a win. That would be a big win for us as a community. That would be a big win for everybody in fantasy football across the board. It would certainly hike some ADPs up, but we'd adjust we'd adjust accordingly. And honestly, I don't care if I've got to overpay a little bit for Charbonnet or, or Gibbs coming out of the draft because of a good landing spot. I'd rather them have good landing spots. And we've got enough enough best ball shares and dynasty shares that, you know, I don't care if I lose a little redraft um, uh, real estate in terms of where I'm gra- drafting these guys. I want them in a good location. So if we walk away with Bijan going to, let's say, Chicago... And Gibbs goes to, let's say, Cincinnati. No, uh, let's say Gibbs goes to Philly. That's a huge win. If somehow, some way, and I'd love to reflect on this video. It would be so amazing to reflect on this video and it be true. Um, if we get something along the lines of this, where all three of them go to one of these five locations. We got Bijan in Chicago, Gibbs in Philly, and Charbonnet in Cincinnati. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go through the the roof. I I probably like I'd pass rather, out on the live stream. <laughs> I'd rather see Sharp go to Chargers. Yeah, uh, you know what? Let's put the, let's put the let's put the Chargers on here as well. But yeah, so so six locations. These are the six ideal locations for these three running backs. I'd love to see Gibbs in Philly. Yeah, I'd, I'd only like I'd only like to see one of these backs in a Charger uniform if. If Eckler's gone, you know, exactly. I think long term it's still good because Eckler will be gone the next year. But I'm ult- I'm ultimately wanting these guys to be redraft absolute machines and monsters as well. But char- Chargers are a great long term location. You could say sacrifice rookie season a little bit, right? Let's say let's say let's say Charbonnet goes to the Chargers. You sacrifice his rookie year a little bit. And, and maybe Eckler slows down, too, or they do a thunder and lightning approach and they throw the ball to Eckler. And Eckler has a, a, a good receiving year, but not even close to the same rushing year, you'd think. And Charbonnet gets 1,000 even in six touchdowns and doesn't get a lot of passing work, but he's promising for the next year. Like, I would probably be okay with, with sacrificing his rookie year a little bit, especially with Charbonnet, not Bijan. I don't want Bijan in a Chargers uniform with Eckler on the roster. Charbonnet... Gibbs, I could be okay with sacrificing a little bit of the rookie year for the longevity of playing with Justin Herbert for a decade. You know, well, running back shelf life shorter than Herbert's shelf life, but you know what I mean. That would be pretty. That'd be pretty. The Chargers sweet. had that competition of thunder and lightning back uh, when uh, uh, what's his name was in his prime. Roundtree, and it was great. Gordon, Roundtree, huh? Roundtree. Who said Roundtree? Yeah, Roundtree. Round Gordon, Gordon, bro, Roundtree. 
Gordon was a touchdown making machine, you know, wow. you know, and everybody tried to say, you know, Gordon wasn't that great, but he was great in his prime. Bracket. And um and and Eckler there, I mean, they worked. So I think Charbonnet and Eckler could work just about the same. Back in the heyday during the Thunder Lightning Lightning times, Roundtree. <laughs> was that you, Bruce? <laughs> yeah. Roundtree. I, I remember the <laughs> Well, Smitty, what about Isaiah Spiller? Oh, it was right. Who's that? The, who's absolutely. that? The guy that I said was going to be an absolute I'm totally, bust. I'm totally just joking. I'm yeah, joking. Yeah, yeah no, I know. I know. That, that guy that we, we said was an absolute bust in the making. Everyone's like, this guy's going to take over Eckler's job. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. No, he didn't. And I know you're joking. But the reason why is the combine. The combine doesn't tell you everything, but the combine can 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 amplify your faults and also all the data coming out of college said that he was no better than any backup running back on his roster whenever the backup running backs came in they sometimes performed better than him the met the metrics said this guy is slow in every category and you know maybe he improves at the nfl level i'm not saying that can't happen but he certainly has an uphill battle because he was a he was garbage at the combine. He was at the bottom of like every category, which backed up everything we thought coming out of college. But Spiller's nothing. And I, I drafted the heck out of him in the early parts of the uh, best ball draft, underdog best ball draft. I had a ton of Spiller. <laughs> you know, you know, you know what I love. You know what I love today more than anything. Just over there, Rogers trade the Garrett Wilson value that now feels really secured in. I mean, I guess it's hard to beat that feeling, but I love that three, four teams like Gibbs more than Bijan. Not because I agree, Bijan's definitely the pick, but the fact that there are four teams out there, three or four teams at least, that feel like Gibbs is better than Bijan makes me feel very comfortable that he's not going to be accidentally dropping or pushed into the second round and discarded as a full-time back at the NFL level. I'm so excited about Gibbs being believed in by a handful of teams enough that will they'll go get this guy. They'll go get this guy. And, and if Gibbs lands in the right spot, he is Alvin Kamara 2.0, the Alvin Kamara we remember and love, not the one everyone's probably envisioning right now. But this guy Gibbs... I don't care if he's 199 pounds. I don't care. He's electric. He can put on five, six, seven pounds. He's fast. His combine looked amazing. He's ultra quick. His hands are amazing. He's arguably the best pass catching back in the draft class and could arguably be a top five PPR running back right away. He could catch 55 plus passes as a rookie if he goes to the right spot. Wouldn't shock me if it was much higher than that. And he could be a, a eventually a 900-900 yard running back. You don't want him to be a 1300 yard running back on the ground. You want him to be an, an 1800 total yard, 1700 to 1800 total yard runner, 900 900, 800 and 900, maybe even 750 and 1000. You know, like this guy could literally pull in in, in the right spot where he's believed in as a receiver slash running back, not a running back slash receiver. He's an inverse of Debo Samuel. If this guy gets the volume in the passing game, he could be a 70 to 80 reception running back eventually in the NFL with a rookie season that flirts with 55 plus receptions. Love him. 
Ricky said Spiller has lost his step. Yeah, mate. Never had a step. Spiller. Spiller. I don't know what losing a step looks like then at that point. Um, let's go over. Let's go over to, to Belichick yourself. What else you got, pal? Not much, man. Just got home from work. I just wanted to say before I go, uh, shout out to my boy Ron Navy and Brucey, man, for being super fans. They're always on the show. They love your show, man. I'm trying to get to where they are. And you guys enjoy your night. Smitty, we love you, man. You're already there, pal. You're you're a staple. I got your, your number in the phone line. You you know, you dial in whenever I'm in a rant or something, you know, I'm gonna answer your call. So you're already there, pal. <laughs> Appreciate you. Appreciate no, all the guys. support. All the time, man. Uh, George from the Bay, right. you, got, you got anything else? Uh, yeah, so, you know, I think 21 uh, with the Chargers is going to be a spot that's going to be interesting in this draft because let's say Bijan and Gibbs both fall to them and you got Zay Flowers and on they the will. Block. It's like, what do, what do you do there? I mean, do you go Zay Flowers? Do you take the running back? And then if they keep falling, you know, you got the Vikings, you got – the Cowboys, the Bills, Bengals, they all need running backs. You know, so this draft's going to be very interesting. I'm excited. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I think the Jets are going to take the East this year. I think they're going to win it. They could. I mean, they could. It certainly would be reckless to suggest they can't. It, they're, 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 they're capable of winning the division. Um, like, Josh Allen runs a lot. I always tell you he runs with, you know, reckless abandon. Uh, abandonment on uh, uh, he doesn't you know doesn't isn't concerned about getting hurt and and that will continue until he probably has some sort of massive unfortunately put your earmuffs on if you're a Buffalo Bill fan but at some point he'll probably suffer a season-ending injury like that's just probably going to happen he runs too much too hard too aggressive um so like is it possible he misses uh, even just in the middle of a season a PCL injury like Lamar had and misses five straight, six straight games, and then they don't win the division. Yeah, for sure. So, like, there's a lot of reasons why the Jets could win the division, but certainly, like, yeah. look at this graphic. Like this, this graphic alone, this doesn't even have Sauce Gardner and the defense on it, and this graphic is scary. Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson. You're talking about guys that were competing for Offensive Rookie of the Year, like who knows who to wanted if Brees Hall stayed healthy. They got the defensive. Rookie of the year. They got arguably the offensive and defensive players of the year, not just rookies in 2023. And then you've got this quarterback that, you know, gets to go in there and it is prime, whether he's about to tail off or not. He's in his prime right now. He's still teeter tottering there. And even if he dropped off a little bit, you wouldn't know. You're not going to know because of the support he has, the field position. Can you imagine at 15 if the Jets take like a Dalton Kincaid? That, that offense is that, just going to be ridiculous. That's what we talked about earlier. I don't know if you're here for that, but we said at this at this 15 overall, it was, or I'm sorry, thir- 13 over, no, 15 overall. Now I'm getting mixed up at 15 yeah. overall. But for for a for a tight end, and they're talking Kincaid or Mayer to Green Bay. So yeah. But but Aaron Rodgers with Mayer, I think Mayer would be a better fit for Aaron Rodgers. He's just a monster, like 
massive dude that's just like gonna kind of like old school Antonio Gates kind of scramble to the middle of the field, kind of like, kind of like uh, Gronk. Gronk was Gronk wasn't like Kelsey's Kelsey and Gronk are they're just so different. Like the way they dominate that space around them. Like Gronk, people forget people didn't watch Gronk. Gronk is like the best tight end ever. Gronk was so unbelievable. And I know everyone wants to put Kelsey there, and Kelsey's certainly in the debate. It's kind of like LeBron and and Kobe or LeBron and Jordan or whatever. The debates are going to, I think, once both of them are out of the game, people will remember it different. But Gronk was just like, he wasn't the most precise route runner at all. I think like Kincaid is more of a, a very precision you know, type of route runner, and he's almost a receiver in some ways. Um, Mayer reminds me a lot of Gronk. He's just kind of like a, it's not going to be a crisp route, but he's massive. Once he gets the ball, he's like Gronk. He's just rumbling and stumbling about 15, 20 yards, and he should probably only go five, but he goes 15 or 20. If you give Aaron Rodgers mayor, I don't I don't know how this offense can be stopped. You know, so we were talking about that earlier. If 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 he got a if he got an offensive piece like that in addition, and one that doesn't hurt Garrett Wilson, because we don't really want him to get JSN. We don't want him to go get somebody that's going to make Garrett Wilson lesser. But, man, imagine Mayer there. Mayer would be perfect. And Aaron Rodgers has so many toys. I could see him wanting to stay the, the two years. Ron says maybe even more if he's that happy. But at least two years, if he gets all the support he wants. And let's say they, if they win it, I could see him walking away more so than if they fall a little short. Because then he, he yeah, I could see him saying, we almost did it. We got some work to do you know let's go one more time you know but if he wins it he can walk out on top so you know i don't think they'll win it though i think that they'll fall short anyway because it's tough to win a super bowl it really is and he's new to the team not that hey look stafford changed teams won a championship tom brady changed teams won a championship that was kind of the trend there was two years in a row where that happened so maybe maybe that's not that crazy actually Aaron Rodgers moving teams, winning a Super Bowl. Like that's happened. I think he went I think he went to the, the best spot that any quarterback changing teams could have gone to, because that's a top five defense. Like I said, they got the young studs on offense. And if they do get a mayor or a Kincaid, I mean, dude, they're to the roof, man. To the moon. Hey, Dan yeah, Dan, are you still here? I'm sorry I didn't see this until right now. Uh uh appreciate uh Terry Roberts says uh Smitty fan before NFL, no question. Appreciate you, Terry. Thank you so much for the support. Terry dropped another super chat saying Mark Cleveland. I think I got that one already. Thank you, Terry. Um Dan Grimm's a separate message, Smitty to the moon. Appreciate that, Dan. I don't know if you had another message somewhere. Let me see if Dan Grimm had had a question. Uh here we go. Let me get to Dan's in one second. And thank you, Jake the Snake. Browns are about to save Ron's wallet. <laughs> Wouldn't that be crazy if Deshaun Watson comes in, wins the division, and neither Ron or I win the bet? That would be crazy. Yeah. And then we woke up, and it was all, it was all just a funny yeah. dream. Flipping the script a bit since we haven't seen Rodgers with Wilson. Could this be an opportunity to sell high and bundle him for something like Chase, who is a proven guy? That's the first time anybody's brought that up. Dan, are you still here? 
that is the first time anybody's brought that up and it's deserving enough of being talked about because we haven't addressed it. We haven't even gone near it. We're just so optimistic about it. No one's even mentioned. Should you sell Garrett Wilson high? And honestly... Motion detected at the front door. On a, Ziggy, show me the front door. Honestly, I don't, I don't think that that's that crazy of an idea because of what I mapped out earlier in the Chris Olave value. Uh, Ziggy off Chris Olave like would I trade Garrett Wilson for Chris Olave yeah I man I guess I did actually say this when I did it on the board I said I'd rather have Christian Watson and Olave over just Garrett Wilson and so if Olave is a third round value Watson's a fourth to fifth round value Garrett Wilson's a number eight or nine or ten overall player it's conceivable you could get a third and fourth round pick for a first rounder, maybe kick back a seventh or eighth round pick. So at the end of the day, yeah, I guess we did map that out, but we haven't had it posed like Dan is posing it here. And Dan, are you still here? Hopefully Dan's still here. I, I would explore it. I would explore it. I'm not saying I, I for sure want to get rid of Garrett Wilson because I'm so excited about Garrett Wilson, but I certainly would take Christian Watson and Alave in a millisecond for just Garrett Wilson. And that's not me being negative. That's just me being optimistic about those other two guys. Drake London as a fifth rounder and Olave as a third rounder for Garrett Wilson. I mean, don't you guys feel like you take that in a millisecond, Ron? Yep. So Dan brings up a great point. We ha we just haven't stressed it yet, but we're still digesting the happiness part of it. So it's understandable we haven't gone this way too much. But right. Dan, Dan, where are you, Dan? Dan Graham in the building. Appreciate your super chat, Dan. Uh, this this real quick before I let you guys go. There's a piece of news here. Um, GM John Lynch says he expects Trey Lance to remain with the San Francisco 49ers in 2023. I know a lot of people get tired of talking about Niners, tired of talking about Trey Lance, but we are approaching the NFL draft and we're going to, we're not going to, this isn't the last of this. It was weird. If you watched John Lynch's response, because it wasn't like he defended Trey Lance. He essentially said, yeah, I, I, I think Lance will be here. Essentially. It felt very much like he doesn't anticipate anything really happening but yeah he I, yeah i think i think he'll be here like that's how it felt i don't know if anybody else watched it but it was, it was not like look lance is our guy we're not talking to anybody right now they said they haven't received offers um and probably won't until draft day i think or any legitimate offer because this guy hasn't played football in a long time so he doesn't really have jordan love has more experience in a lure than trey from a team like a general manager perspective or a team acquiring a quarterback, Trey's all upside. That's all it is. You don't have any tangible evidence yet. Not saying he's busted. I think people that say he's busted are 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 misinformed. Those saying he's proven are misinformed too. He's he's neither. He isn't he's not proven or he isn't proven you know wrong or right. But I I I think John Lynch and Kyle don't find an offer that they want to accept because their their value of trades probably through the roof. They gave up they gave up three first rounders. I highly doubt they're taking a second round pick for him. They probably will get a low ball offer for Trey that they don't even consider. Like it was a bad offer. But I don't know. It's tough to say that a team is going to give up a first rounder, which is what the Niners will command, I think, for Trey. And I don't think a team's going to do that. Maybe they somebody gives up a, a future twenty twenty four. And the Niners say, heck, let's do it. But John Lynch 
said in his defense of, I think Trey will be on the roster, he said something to the tune of, I wish I had it verbatim, but it was something to the tune of, like, we support Brock. He, like, threw Brock in there. He's like, we support Brock, and we love all of our guys. And But he brought Brock into the equation as he is the starter in, in the way that he framed it. So, like, Trey's movable. It's just a matter of will a team come in and offer what the Niners are going to want. I don't know about that. But the team's open to move him. You can, you can read it all over John's reaction in his face. Um, Ron, or let's go uh, real quickly. George from the Bay, any final thoughts, bro? Uh, yeah, I'll comment on the Trey Lance stuff because that's the team out here that I follow, and that's my team. They're they're not trading Lance. That's going to cost them too much money on the books. Uh, I think it's going to cost them nine million this year just to keep them, and then if they trade him, it's going to cost them another ten. So it's close to twenty million. Um, they're not going to trade Trey Lance. They're going to keep him with with all the problems they had at quarterback last year. They already said they're they're going to keep as many quarterbacks on the roster this year as they can. Uh, I expect Trey Lance to be the starter. I expect Trey Lance to have a good year, if not I hope. a great year. I hope, and, bro. Uh, I hope. Yeah, I mean, the the only thing is like we've talked about before on other shows is is Kyle going to pull his fucking head out of his ass, you know, and and run this offense like he ran with with Purdy and give Lance a shot, you know, instead of trying to run him in the ground. That's the biggest question mark when it comes to Lance, you know. And um, one thing about that press conference today, I did see that press conference, and when they brought up another question later on, uh, John Lynch did mention Brock Purdy first before any other quarterback name. So I, I feel like like Purdy is, is John Lynch's guy, you know, and and that's what he, he wants him to start, you know, because he's a winner. But – I mean, honestly, you put any of these these quarterbacks, Purdy or Lance, healthy, performing at an elite level on this team, they're a front runner to win the NFC. So it doesn't matter who's the quarterback. Yeah, I, I I can agree with some of that. I will say that my take on that press conference was that Trey's available, but I I agree with you. Their their asking price is going to be laughable to other teams. So I think ultimately you're right. He won't get traded. But I do believe the verbiage and the way he speaks about it. They're open-minded to it. Like, they're trying to potentially get an offer that they're going to probably reject. So I think he ultimately stays. But um, I, I just think I think Trey's set up for failure. I, 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 think I, it's, I think it's all smokes, man. I think it's all smoke. It if might you be. Think about it, you, look at the, you look at the Niners organization over the last five, six years since John Lynch has been the GM. Nobody knew they were trading for Jimmy Garoppolo. Nobody knew they were trading DeForest Buckner. You know, they, they've got all these moves, you know, so when all these reporters like Ian Rappaport and all these make these speculation, you know, these posts, it gets all the smoke. None of it has any kind of tread behind it. It's all fake news. Yeah. I hear I hear you. Ultimately, though, I, I think they're, they're open-minded to it. I just think that you're right. It probably won't happen. But I also feel you're right, and we've talked about this before, and you know, obviously we're in the same, we're, we're in agreement that Trey might be set up for failure. Hopefully he's not. Them making comments, especially John, over and over about Brock Purdy being the guy when Brock Purdy can't even step foot on the field is ridiculously bad for the confidence of Trey. And you got to instill confidence in Trey. And the, the best way to approach it would be to say that, you know what? These guys are both capable of being our leader, and we just can't wait to see them you know, out there doing doing what they do. And whoever wins it, wins it. And I have a feeling that one of them is going to explode. 
if not both of them, and we have a real problem on our hands. That's how you handle that situation. You don't, and if you're going to blanket say like Bill Belichick, no one's job is safe. Like I could understand that, even though I don't, I still disagree with that approach. But they're not saying that about Purdy. They're supporting Purdy. They're backing Purdy. I understand why, but you're having to go into this with the guy you gave up three first-rounders for, and you're not putting your support behind him properly. So it's an absolute uh, train wreck in the making. And I do agree with you in some respect that you put any any one of those guys behind this offensive line, not necessarily the offensive line, but I mean just in the in this offense, with Christian McCaffrey in the backfield, with Ayuk and, and and Debo and Kittle in a number one or number two overall ranked defense in the National Football League, it's going to be a, a nice season for you. But you guys have had a problem keeping your quarterbacks healthy. And I think that uh, the way that Shanahan's approaching this Trey Lance situation is par for the course for having it end disastrously at the quarterback position. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that this is an accident or bad luck that your quarterbacks, A, keep getting hurt, B, you keep getting left wanting more at the end of a year. I, I just think that that something's got to change. And, and this approach right here of how they're talking about your starting quarterback, Trey Lance, as if he's not even in the room and you're talking about it behind his back. That's how it feels. And it's just like it doesn't feel like you're setting yourself up for success. I hate to say it. That's the way I feel. But you know what, bro? To end it on a positive note, guess who had their back against the wall that had nothing going for them momentum-wise that should have failed? Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. So if anybody can do it, it's, you know, uh, Trey or Purdy. I think, it, you know, either one. If, if, if it can be done, it can, you know, Brock Purdy showed it can be done. You could have literally no momentum, no support, Everything going against you, but if you start winning and have success, everyone's going to get behind you real quickly. And we've never seen Trey Lance play with Christian McCaffrey. We've seen Trey Lance, we've seen Christian McCaffrey play with Brock Purdy. If you want my honest advice, Trey Lance is better than Brock Purdy. I truly believe he's got oh, yeah. more talent. It's just a matter of, like you said, and like I've said, will Shanahan give him a smaller playbook and 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 control him and limit him and not let him open up the offense? Will he allow Kittle to actually be involved or will he put an offense in place that he put in place for Jimmy where the tight end position isn't even utilized because you don't have extended plays like Brock Purdy where Brock Purdy's checking through the entire route tree with these wide receivers going through his progressions. Kittle has a delayed route that he's you know he's blocking, breaks off a, an amazing route, is wide open, throws the football to him because Purdy's mobile in the pocket can extend plays or is he going to say first read run the ball 10 times a game you only throw on this this situation like here's your limited playbook you don't have a cannon purdy purdy and purdy and trey are both mobile i don't know why shanahan calls trey lance a dual threat and he doesn't call brock purdy a dual threat because he has different ideas for different for each of those quarterbacks that concerns me that's a problem. Yeah. But, bro, maybe Trey just completely takes destiny into his own hands and says, I don't care, and he blows up, bro. I hope for it. I hope for it. I really do. Um, all right, right on, Smitty. Hey, appreciate you, George. Good luck with all that, and, and I'm sure we'll be hearing from, from you between now and draft day. So I'll be live the entire six hours, you know, an hour 
leading into the draft an hour after and everything in between. I'll be live the entire time. So I expect you to be here. Your Niners don't have a first-round pick, but you guys are always active on draft day. I have a feeling maybe there'll be some, at least some rumors getting kicked around. So I want to see you in here, George. Appreciate you. I'll, I'll check you yeah, later. for sure. All right. Uh, Brucey, final 10 seconds. Go. I think the Jets brought in Lazard and, and Mercedes Lewis. And, and, you know, we already know how Rodgers uh, likes them guys. Batiari says he wants to go to the Jets. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Brucey, appreciate you, my man. Oh, and McCaffrey, he he made the uh, he made the trade value for all these guys like Eckler and 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 all them too high. Yep. Because <laughs> now they want his value. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, man. Yep. Later, yep, Bruce. Appreciate you too. Call in later. I might be live tonight. You never know. Uh, Ron Navy, final thoughts. Yeah. Um... The Steelers, they signed Boykin. That was not an exciting signing today. But um, I saw Rappenpour and Palmer kind of uh, uh, clowning on Akbar today because I guess they they got a hold of the general manager of Titans. He said, and Titans said, we haven't, we haven't received any phone calls and we're not shopping Henry. Yeah, that's what I was, so, af- that's what I was afraid of. And then we're clowning Akbar. Yeah, so that's what, I guess I was right, kind of. I said, it's a trap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what, that, when I went live, I was a little bit, you know, a uh, little bit skeptical that it was going to happen. It was, you know, a lot of people were saying it was going to happen, but it just felt like it was a good source. It felt like a guy that's well-connected. It, it felt like a guy that wasn't out here trying to, you know, throw mud at a wall constantly um, and, and just try and make it like it was rare. We don't hear from him in situations like this all the time. So I felt like maybe Akbar's onto something here. Uh, but here's the report that Ron's yeah. talking about. I haven't had time to report on some of this stuff because we've just been so busy on this this thing. I I, I, I kind of wanted to do a separate video on this, and I, I may or may not still do it. But here's, uh, here's the report that Ron's talking about. Let me put it on screen here. If I could get my system to recognize what I'm doing here. Hold on. Uh, a lot of moving parts here. So so pumped about today, man. It's been great. Um, come on. Come on. Where are you? It might come through in yeah, a second. Yeah, today it gets good direction going into the draft. It, it was important. Yeah, there's a lot of good a lot of good content um kickstarted by by this. Here's the Derrick Henry. I got a screenshot it from my computer. Hold on. So here here is the report. I'll read it to you all as I put it on screen. Um this was shooting down Akbar's prediction. You know, you heard it first from me on Twitter, where he, the Titans GM said that he has not received any calls about Derrick Henry. <laughs> he hasn't received a call about Derrick Henry, and Akbar says it's done. <laughs> so now, guess what, Akbar? You burn your bridge with us. You didn't have any kind of reputation with us. You merely had that, you know, that profile where we're like, this is a this is a high profile guy, and we thought, okay, Akbar might. Might be onto something. It might be like Trey Wingo where he's got information. Trey Wingo was right. Trey was fed information. Maybe Akbar's getting fed information. But no, we've got this right here refuting everything Akbar said. This directly contradicts multiple reports, which came from Akbar, that have surfaced over the previous two weeks regarding um, running back Derrick Henry ranging uh, from specific discussions and teams shopping. Okay, 
where the truth lies is speculative. Henry's due 10.5 million base salary and will count a massive 16.37 million against the cap, likely adding fuel to the fire surrounding a potential trade out of Tennessee. I still think, yeah, I still think there's an opportunity. If I had to guess Buffalo, if I had to guess that Buffalo gets either Hopkins or Henry to one up the Kansas City Chiefs, who could then one up them back, by the way. But if, if, the Buffalo Bills don't get Henry or Hopkins. What are they doing? What are they doing? Why on earth would you not bring in Derrick Henry or DeAndre Hopkins using a second round pick? It puts you over the top. So we'll see if they do. We'll see if they do. All right, Ron, appreciate you. Um, I imagine there's a, a significant chance I go live on some breaking news tonight, so we'll have to see. We'll play it by ear, but I appreciate you calling in. We've got Ron Navy, uh, legend on the show. Uh, Mark Cleveland, legend on the show. We didn't have Denny or Steven or um, you know a couple other uh, staples uh, call in, but I'm sure th- those those are to come. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like the, the whole Mark Cleveland thing got me thinking about other people that have been missing. Like, I think I need to call a bunch you of know, people out. A- Ale, remember Ale? A-L-E? Remember Ale? He used to be here yep. all the time. Yep. I don't know if you remember him, Ron. Uh, Just Derek. Where's Just Derek? I'm looking at my door. I'm looking at my door. Zach Hankerson. Where's Zach? Zach? Uh, we've got, uh, um... What about the guys that had the same last name, but they're not related? Yeah. And they they were like the top uh, super chatters last J-Rod, year. J-Rod? Where's J-Rod? Where's, um... I, I, I got in touch with Vampy. He, him and Mark Cleveland. I thought of both of those guys today. I'm like, where's Mark Cleveland? Where's Vampy? I reached out to Vampy. I reached out to Mark Cleveland. Both those guys are fine. They're coming back. They're just taking a little break. Uh, T-Man. Remember T-Man? Not B-Man, but T- B-Man's in here. T-Man. Uh, we've got uh, Jordan Roberts. What happened to Jordan Roberts? What about Tex? Tex four one six. Where's Tex? Like, where are these guys? We don't take any time off. Yeah. We don't take any. T- this is year round. All right, Ron. I'll see you tonight. I think maybe. I, I said. I said earlier, and I don't think you heard me, but you know, and I know he's probably listening. So I'd like to hear. The Voss come in and give his thoughts on Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. So, Voss, if you're out there, sometimes call in and give your opinion on what went down. Okay, Ron. He's probably going to call in and go, okay, Ron, maybe. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what <laughs> I said. don't get enough, Voss. I understand you don't like coming on all the time, but, yeah, he's but a, we he, don't get he's, enough. He's low-key, but we love the Voss. He's low-key. I've invited him yeah. on. You know, come on. He, I, I don't mind if he comes on him. I always get excited when he comes on and he talks and, and, and it's just like, I, I just want, I wish you'd call it. I mean, people, people hear him so at the beginning. Yeah. It's weird. Cause you know, when you, you know, when you see a celebrity and you're like, Oh, they, like you see him, you're like, Oh my God, that, that, you know, that person, that person looks just like I, I, I visualize them. Cause I see him all the time. That's where like, when you hear Voss live from the fantasy football show when he calls in it's like it's weird you're like oh my god that's him that's him yeah 
He's just got yeah. He's got that unique voice. It's like it's like you're listening almost like to a movie trailer. You know. Yeah. Where where's G Money? G Money's G Money's been coming in. G Money's been coming in here quite a bit uh, lately. He's been coming back around. Yeah. Uh, uh, Silver Silver comes in and out, but yeah, we do need Silver Rapture here a little bit more often. But all right, guys, I gotta go. Yeah. Ron, Ron, I'll pr- I imagine being live for some breaking news tonight. I just kind of picture it, but if not, I'll see you all tomorrow. Um, I'll do some live premiere tonight on Gibbs, maybe at the very least. So hang tight. I'll see you all later. Appreciate you. Ron, I'll see you later. Yes, sir. Later. I'll leave you guys with, let's see here. I'll leave you with the Brees Hall is eight foot tall and a little Bijan Robinson action. Let's go. Get Brees. Brees Hall is eight foot tall. He will always answer the mother freaking call. Don't let him fall. In the third, don't stall. Just give Batman the freaking football. He's brief. He's brief. He does a hull of a job. A hull of a job. A hull of a job. Reese Hall, please report to the moon. He does a hull of a job. Hi, my name is B. John Robinson. I like long walks on the beach. And, well, I also like scoring touchdown! Get Charbonnet. Pop open a nice bottle of Charbonnet. See you all later. Guys, don't forget, as Terry Roberts just said, I'm live during the entire NFL draft round one Thursday, one hour before, same time, 7 p.m. Eastern. We're starting at 7 p.m. The draft starts at 8 p.m. Eastern. We're starting at 7 p.m. Eastern like normal on Thursday, and we're going all the way to midnight. Let's ride. NFL draft country, let's ride. B. John Robinson country, let's ride. Garrett Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Brees Hall Country, let's ride.